Hey, Patriots fans, if you want to see Toyota's best offers, including those not seen on TV, go to buyatoyota.com. It's Toyota's best and official website for deals from the official vehicle of the New England Patriots. Toyota, let's go places. Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. Paul's line, why is spread on birth control yesterday? I miss that. Because you're always yapping it. I'm always yapping. <laughs> Getting his hand on it, which led to one of the Mickey Spillane picks. Um, and it's so, but I just think man to man, I don't he walked think, into my office. <laughs> he had legs that went up all the way. What a legs, set of gams. The legs that went on for days. I find that the show is at its funniest when Fred goes completely off the rails. I'm still laughing about the how does my ass taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's not off the rails. And when Paul references a top 40 song from 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? He might be doing the NSYNC thing. What is it? It's got to be May. That's like be quiet, years Paul. Like David's time. Evan to asked a question. I know, but he's trying to talk. I can't hear what he's saying. Can you yell at me? Am I having connection issues? Or is no, it no, no, no. no. You're, having, you're having Paul issues. Fred's talking over you. So okay. you can't, can't. This is Patriots Unfiltered. Presented by Toyota's official website for deals, buyatoyota.com. All right. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Thursday. Here at Gillette Stadium, for us, it's the put the hay in the barn day, right? We're ready to play the Raiders. Are we ready to go? I mean, we are. We? We've answer- yeah, sure. We're part of the team. We've answered We've answered playing. Deuce's roundtable questions. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So Did I, uh, that's putting the hay in the barn. First, you were first, Paul. I was first. Yeah. First. Oh, you were first? Yeah. Generally. That's oh, not I fair. I, I was in a meeting. I thought I'd be first. Him. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm always last, and no, sometimes have to get reminded uh, by Deuce to. No, you weren't today, <laughs> Evan. Let's go. Let's go. I've been better about Very it important. lately. I, I feel like I You've turned over a new leaf. I, oh, I, I had to tried. write you. I had to write you up in HR about it. I need your roundtable answers. <laughs> Did you I not need, do your homework in my, high school? My my performance homework? review just like takes a, a little bit of. Let's a talk about there. your roundtables. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're gonna need you to do those roundtables. I need to talk to Faith too about the the. Expert picks, oh yeah, quote unquote expert, expert. picks, pro I, pro I wanna, predictions. I want to be first in those two, but I don't know if I am. I generally try to get it done as soon as I see the email because I'll right. I'll end forget. up doing an event. That's what you got to do, and I'll forget. Stay tuned for that tomorrow, folks. Did anyone struggle with their answers today? Struggle. And if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, Mike every week sends out four or five questions that we all answer, and they get posted to Patriots.com, yeah. having to do with the game coming up, what we think needs to happen for a win things like that yeah yeah um, so you should check it out i did a fun one too this check week. it out yeah but did anyone struggle like anyone like i don't know what to say yeah. <laughs> well not I mean, really I mean, but <laughs> that will be a very logical answer based on the way that the team has played lately yeah we'll probably get to a point where we're kind of writing the same stuff every week yeah well we might be there already but um yeah, <laughs> it's, it's poor Mike was, was was called out a couple of weeks ago for he stepped his game. I think it's it out. I think, I think, I think this is everybody week, needs a little kick in the pants. We once had in a multiple while. choice last week. I know. I, I got away from that this week a little bit, but yeah. yeah you never you, know. I've noticed. I think, I, noticed I think next week we go with a fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Uh, I yeah. almost did a fill in the blank today. I yeah. almost did a fill in the blank for uh, which one was it? Just what like player that needs to step up on defense. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. I but to, uh, but I think it would be rather than that, more like 
pick one word to describe the Patriots blank. All right, okay. Or, or not blank, but pick, you know. Get some, like, the thesaurus questions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Mad libs. Yeah. yeah Mad libs. Yeah. <laughs> Need a verb to describe the Patriots. We should do that. No, that's that's Actually, a verb wouldn't describe right the Patriots, would it? Be, it would be an, an adjective. adjective or an adverb. All right, so what are we talking about today? Um, all right, so we got Jalen Mills tweeting out unhappy about playtime. That was uh, that was one that I Sad caught yesterday. A little, tear. little. Hey, what about me? Um, and then they asked him about it down at, L- at LG, right? They asked Lawrence Guy. Yeah, John it. Jones too. I on the so Jalen Mills has been pretty emphatic in the conversations that we've had with him this season about wanting to play safety. He he fancies himself a safety. He does not view himself as an outside corner. And even when they I were, agree if you have to choose. Yeah, but even when they were down multiple bodies at outside corner and all of us kept writing, well, maybe they'll have to make this move. Maybe they'll have to make this move. They still haven't moved him to outside corner. So as much as I think that Jalen Mills is a solid player, like, where do you play him? He's yeah. not playing over Peppers or Duggar at safety. And they really like Miles Bryant. Like, it, what, maybe he's a better nickel than Miles Bryant is, but they don't view it that way. So I, I'm just looking at it and saying, if you only want to play safety, where are you getting on the field? Because well, you're not getting on the field. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 He's like the fourth or fifth safety at this point. I mean, it seems like. Those 10 snaps all seem like, I think, like third and longs. You know, yeah, like, that's it's like, like his role. Dime package, six, seven DB type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, just hanging out. Yeah. I don't know. Another thing added on the pile. Okay. <laughs> uh, not great. Not great. What else we got? I was listening to, to Paul's shows yesterday featuring Paul. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sunshine.com. This, this, this can't be. Good. And uh, no, I, I thought what you said wh- about how we're all trying to find different ways to say the same thing is like basically how I feel at this point after three straight days of being on here is like how there, how many other ways can we, can we slice, slice up the blame pie that, and, and talk about, you know, the issues that the team has. And, and it's I'm, I'm kind of running out of things well, to say at this point, yeah. but you know, let's try to, if there's hope, where does it come from? And to me, um, it comes from maybe that offensive line finally gets healthy. And like Evan said, you go back to where you thought you were going to start with Reef at right tackle on when you at right guard, Andrews, Strange, and Trent Brown, and see if we can settle things down. Now, I think, like for this week, for example, if Reef's at right, t- he's going to need help. You know, I, maybe that's Farrell Brown or, or whatever, but. Maybe things can settle down, and maybe Mac can start to execute plays the way they're drawn up. I, you know, yeah. That I'm I'm drawing a little hope off of that. I just wonder if a quarterback can reset within the game. You know, like like it, can you reset? Get to a game. He's been looking at the rush. He doesn't really trust his protection. Like, can that happen within a game that you get out and? I'm just feeling trustful today. Like, I trust these guys. I'm not looking at them. Right. Like, it just seems like it's a long process to That's get why them back. I made the comment last week. If I were New Orleans, I would really be focusing on getting a hit on them as quickly as I can. Don't let them sure. start to think about getting comfortable. He, you know, it was the second series that he threw the pick six, and he's getting hit as he throws. So uh, I, I think it's hard when you're in a mental state right now, the way that offense is, to avoid that if you get hit early. Yeah. So you have to run the ball early. And and stick with it until I would. You, you simply can't. I would. 
Yeah. I would that would be my way to try to get Mac Jones comfortable is to try to like you know, overtly focus on the run you, and just you run, hear, run, 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 run. You hear linemen always say, I love it when our game plan is run because we know we're going to be firing off the ball. You know, um, we're the aggressor. You know, our timing's right. And, you know, we can – In you fairness, know, most games so far, the game plan has been to run, and they haven't been able to do it early in the game. Yeah. Now, I'm not telling you every single time, but they came out trying to run the ball in a lot of these games and haven't been able to. This Raiders run defense is not very good. It's like a weakness in their team. Despite what Bill Belichick said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they can run the ball against these guys if their their offensive line allows them to. And that sets up play action. And I think one thing that I expect them to do more this week is max protect play action. You know, Just keep the house in there. Keep seven guys. Keep both tight ends in. Uh, the back. You know, Try to pick up some of this, this pressure and – even if it's just two routes down the field, at least he's clean and can make some throws. He made that throw to Kendrick Bourne in the second half. I think it gained like 28 yards or something yeah, like that. That, was, that was seven man protection, hard play action and, and, you know, keep the quarterback clean. So I, I guess in some ways like that, that's a way to, to go about it. I don't think that that's like, you can't do that all the time. Like that's not offense. It's like you can't game. just like have eight guys into pass protect the entire game. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's one way to go about it, but I, you asked for like a glimmer of hope. And I think that one thing I've been thinking about is that uh, the defense has only forced two takeaways in five games. And I think typically speaking, a, the bill Belichick defense always forces turnovers and without Judon and, and Christian Gonzalez, you still have guys like a Duggar, like a J.C. Jackson, who's back now, who are known for forcing turnovers. And I think, too, eventually that tends to find its its level. Like maybe first couple games, you're not you're not getting the, the the breaks to get the turnovers that you typically would get. But eventually that usually sways one way or another especially for a decent defense you know and especially against jimmy g right now yeah i think this defense is statistically they're 13th in dvoa they're 12th in ep like they're an okay defense and if you can start forcing some turnovers and putting the offense on short fields or scoring defensively uh then you know maybe that that's a way to to turn this thing around if we see a sign that they have started over what will that sign be that's a. Good, I wish that had been one of the roundtable questions, Fred. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, that's a great. I mean, I think like the personnel thing would be an obvious one, but but it's also Pop Douglas Juju probably going to be out, so you don't really like. There, there probably are going to be new faces there no matter what, which n- wouldn't necessarily right. signal that's that they're out of necessity. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I really would say don't it's know. some of the stuff that Evan just talked about. Like I think they're going to line up with with a tight end. You know, Max Crosby. Obviously, they can't allow to ruin the game, right? So you, you put a tight end to help on wherever he is because they move him all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even keep in the back end to make sure that once he gets through those two guys, he still doesn't have a free free lane. So those those kind of like just fundamental like uh, pass protection kind of stuff like that. Extra bodies like Evan talked about and more, of a, like I said, the commitment to run the ball yeah. might just be like, let's go back to square one and go as basic as we can go on offense. Yeah, yeah. if you want to, because we're doing silver linings right now or, or, you know, glimmers of hope, the one thing about this Raiders defense that's different than I think some of the other good defenses that they face is that it's literally just Max Crosby, <laughs> right? Like Dallas, 
okay, you have Micah Parsons, but then you also have Demarcus Lawrence on, on the other side. So if you put three guys on Micah Parsons, then somebody else on that front is getting a one-on-one. You know, Philly has it feels like eight guys that can get after the quarterback. The Jets have multiple guys that can get after the QB, the Dolphins. This team is one guy. One guy is the reason why this defense isn't like dead last in pressure rate. So if they this this week, if you have a one-on-one, you know, someplace else, I, I think you can probably survive it. Whereas other weeks it was like, all right, well, if we, you know, tilt the protection towards Hassan Reddick, uh, well, now we got, you know, Uh, another guy you know coming up the middle and it's like uh, okay well now you know there's multiple spots that need to win a one-on-one I don't think you have to worry as much this week about that okay on offense I mean on on the Patriots defense um, I think there's hope in that they know Jimmy Jimmy knows them too but Jimmy likes Elaine yeah but I think Jimmy will throw it to you once in a while and I think you can disrupt him I, I think he likes things clean. You know, I don't think he's a playmaker. Um, and so I don't know who's that going to be. You know, if I had Juden, I'd feel a lot better about it. Yeah. I don't I, Jeff. I, I don't know who it's going to be, but they need to disrupt him. They need to show him that we're not going to let you sit back there and survey the yeah. field. Well, I think that's, I mean, and he's, you know, get the ball out quick and not to push the ball down the field kind of a guy. So it's, you know, aggressive defense. Is it, you know, as much of the two gapping kind of wait and let him have a moment? Because well, kind of do, I don't think those, do to the Raiders what one. teams do to us. Pack the ball, like get up there, get in their face, yeah. you know, press coverage. Not, that's one don't, thing. Don't, don't give them that cushion, you know. Uh, that's one thing I, I didn't like really anticipate. With Adams. <laughs> I didn't really anticipate well, he, how you, you much. You deal with him separately. On those lines, I didn't really anticipate how much Judon's loss would impact our secondary and how much time teams have to throw the ball. And a guy like Jimmy, too, he can get it out quick. So I just it, it just puts so much more pressure on our secondary when they aren't really attacking like that. And if they can just – I mean, there's I feel like there's guys that can step up. I don't know how Uche will be. He was on the um, injury report, obviously. But mm. young guys, Jennings, like – it feels like there's enough depth there for someone to step up. The problem with Uche is, you, is <laughs> you know, if they throw on first or second down, he's not even out there most of the time. Yeah, I mean, you know? I, I'd have to look. I mean, I think he was a little bit more rotational last week, but yeah. but but, yeah, but he, mostly. Invisible. Yeah, he only played like forty percent of the snaps last week. I think it was like high thirties. But I, I just gotta find that was coming out of that game. The, what got swept under the rug by all the offensive issues was that they got no pressure on Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. None. I mean, 24% pressure rate with a 48% blitz rate is horrible. Like you, that is you're blitzing guys and you're not getting home. Yeah. And to Alex's point that just left the back end vulnerable in some spots, you know, they're playing a lot of zone now because uh, they don't have Christian Gonzalez to man up against everybody. Yeah. Just be, they were targets. Yeah. And they're in these like five, six person zones in the back end because they're blitzing and there's just a lot of open space if you don't get home. And, uh, you know, with Jimmy, uh, he's he's a middle-of-the-field guy. He loves to throw in-breaking routes. His, like, splits compared comparatively, like, in-breaking versus all other routes, it's incredible how poor he is on everything else. You know, slants, digs, crossers, like, that's that's his game. And if you can take away those inside-breaking routes, take away the slot, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, and force the ball outside, then you give yourself a chance if you can pressure one of the things that I we talked about the other day that's been missing from this Patriots offense is that third down back option. 
like that's always been the thing that they kind of lived off, you know, that bailed them out, you know, and it's just not happening anymore. You know, I mean, I think we some of us thought that Ty Montgomery could be that guy, and for right. whatever reason, they just don't really seem too interested in involving him in in the offense right now. And I, I mean, maybe that's a twist that they could make, but they don't really seem as interested in him as we kind of were after seeing him have yeah. some solid performances. Not to mention after that fumble last week, that probably set him back yep, a little. Even that more. didn't help for sure. I, I have a dumb question with the third down back thing, and it goes off of your thing, Fred, that you always talk about about how easy they are to defend. Might that have something to do with sort of a de-emphasis on the impact that the backs as receivers have had just because there's so many bodies around the line of scrimmage playing against mm-hmm. this offense yeah. for the last couple of years? It's been taken away. You yeah. know, like Stevenson cut 69 passes last year. I mean, I, I mean, that's a lot. I don't know how many more James yeah. White in his heyday would catch. Now, I would definitely argue that James White – as a consistent on a consistent basis is making more plays with those catches than Stevenson did last year. But I, I just wonder if maybe some of the, the staples that the Patriots used in the past maybe were a little bit more effective because it wasn't always you could just jam down on the line of scrimmage. Now there were some years that you could do that, but you had some guys that could make you know, like Gronk was stressing the seam, you know, between the numbers down the field. And that you know, that opens things up for for those kinds of things. And I, I just wonder how much is it the lack of a third down back or the way the teams play them now is a little bit different. Plus I, you and I don't, guys, have, you I don't keep, have the answer to that question. Maybe keeping guys in more to protect too, it's taken out. Yeah. But I also just think though in a vacuum, like, you know, wouldn't you kind of prefer not what they have specifically, but like wouldn't you prefer just to have two three down kind of backs that can both kind of catch and you know, like like wouldn't that be more like I understand your point, Fred, and they certainly were Effective with James White, but you know I think everybody was always like, "Well, it's predictable." It was funny. And, That's another thing they really you know, went. You know, the fullback thing. This whole conversation that I that I reference all the time that I had feels like a couple I'm years ago was the listening same thing. to the same conversation. Of, yeah. Oh, it's too predictable to yeah. have James White that was all catch part of twenty it. balls in and, the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, it was God, all part of it. Horrible. We want to have a back how it worked like Stevenson, and then all of a sudden Stevenson has sixty nine catches and a thousand yards rushing, and he's worn down. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, there's, there's got to be a balance, but. There's just still something appealing to me thinking about we can roll Ramondre out there on all three downs, and, you know, it gives us an element of power. It gives us an element of a guy who can catch. It gives a broken tackle ability that, you know, if you're in third and short or third and long, he could both kind of be effective. On paper, it seems to make sense. I just – ideally, you'd love to have someone as effective as James White was as a pass catcher, which was just, you know, above what Stevenson kind of brings. You know, you're kind of more middling with with him. but I I, I don't know what they're telling them in terms of – like scanning for blitzers mm-hmm. right so maybe that's part of the hesitancy coming out of the backfield is all right if they send somebody from the back seven i'm responsible for that player so i have to peek before i i go uh, but the thing that i consistently have seen from them is uh, the backs bull zeke and, and Ramondre. they take forever to get out of the backfield and it's like you get if it's yeah. third like run the route like get out of the backfield and run the route because mac you know he, he's been under pressure a lot. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of options down the field. And then if he gets to that check down or he gets to Ramondre in the progression and he's holding the ball and waiting for Ramondre to 
break and, and make a move at the top of the route. Cause remember a lot of those running back routes are options. You know, it's not, it's not just a locked route of uh, he's running a flat. He's running an angle. Like there have these options and it just seems like it takes too long. And that's the one reason why I've been pounding the table for them to try Ty Montgomery back there is because I think he's faster yeah, than those players. Definitely. And I think that he can get out of the backfield a little bit quicker uh, so I'm with Fred on this. Like, I think that they have really missed that uh, on third down, especially uh, because, you know, you talk about in some of these games where it's third and three, third and four, and, and Max looking well past the sticks to try to pick up a first down when it used to just be, let's get the back on the linebacker and, and let's pick up five yards. And they true. just don't have that. And anymore. I was just thinking that like, it is funny because the, it, it does seem like on third and three, they're looking downfield. On third and ten, they, they never throw <laughs> to the sticks. It's always short of the sticks. They go eight yards. Right. right? <laughs> no one expected but it. But, I, I, you know, I just was kind of thinking of that, of that first series again with the second and two. It's mm. downfield, downfield. And how many times just have we seen this year? You know, even fourth and ten, you know, they're short of the sticks. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what Like are we that third and two play last week. Uh, in the on the opening drive like second and two we've talked we talked about this on tuesday i think you want to take a shot on second and two that makes total sense you had an eight yard run on first down play action take a shot loved it third and two that used to just be like all right let's just james white's just gonna run in the flat and the linebacker is gonna be too slow and we're gonna pick up three yards and we're gonna move the chains chains and now that's just not an option for them and they tried to hit you know, the route was concept did have Ramondre running a little angle out of the backfield, but it just took too long. Like yeah. it just didn't take, uh, you know, Mac just didn't have time to wait it out and ends up throwing that pass and com- incomplete to Hunter Henry. So I, I don't know. Why is Ty Montgomery here? Like, why is he on the I mean, team? He's, to really, cover kicks? he's really jacked. He looks good in the locker room. That's all. Awesome. The guy is ripped. You are <laughs> <in> infatuation <laughs> with other men. Like, just I just, really but I just wonder. I, you know, he did get in crazy shape this offseason. Like, I, I just wonder, like, if the blueprint is just so apparent for the Patriots at this point, where if it's third, third and whatever, and you've got, you know, Ramondre back there or Zeke, and he's lined up, you know, we're going to send pressure. It, from that direction at max, so he, he doesn't feel like he can get the ball to them. Yeah, you know, sure. and easy fix for the defense. Yeah, you know, yeah, I just wonder. I, you know, like if there's certain keys that opposing defenses have now that just work against the Patriots. They got to break it this weekend. Yeah, they got to figure out a way to to try to take something to the other team because it they just doesn't feel like they haven't been able to against this yeah. defense. They should. They have. should. I'm not telling you they should go out and get forty. But they should have more success. I've always just been a fan. I said that last week. I've always just been a fan of if they're going to send a blitz, I've always been of the school of thought that I would rather beat the blitz by throwing to the running back instead of having him try to pick up the blitz. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, it depends on the situation. But, like, you know, picking up the blitz and taking a guy out of the pass route and then having to, like, find something else down the field – versus just, all right, they're blitzing a, the slot off the left side. Let's just leak Ramondre into the flat, and he's just going to throw it right over the right. Blitz. But and for a typical quarterback, that's the the play. But maybe the, the word on Mac is out that what, he's he's not going to be accurate with that. He's going to fudge it up. Yeah, he's not going to. You know, it's worth taking that gonna, risk. If he's going to fudge that up, then, like, I mean, that's, like, as simple <laughs> yeah, as it gets. Yeah, we got to make a move. Uh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean – there was the play in Dallas where he had I forget who it was born or whatever and he just misfired it into the ground you know like because his head is like yeah. rattling um 
can we maybe use this to tr- to piggyback? I thought I thought it was interesting. I mean, Doug and and Callahan today. Everybody read that one. They had like a big long. I didn't. Was that not thing. in the clips? Uh, I think I it might have come out a little bit late. I was looking after. forward in might the clips been. and I didn't see it. And um, I can't I can't read the Herald. No, it's online, pretty good. So. I mean, you know, nothing we haven't heard. But I just what I've kind of taken away from last day and Karen wrote it too is and I don't know if I agree with this. Do you think this is Mac's last chance? Like like people are kind of building this up as like this is it for Mac Jones. Like if you mean this game, this game, yeah. I mean that, I mean that was kind of how Karen wrote it. It was kind of how those guys wrote it. Even though they continue to say they don't really have someone that they're willing to go to, I just. It just feels extreme to me. Uh, I mean, and I, you know, I have no illusions about what Mac has done, but it also just sets up a really interesting kind of thing Listen, where he's no. going against well, Josh. Like, if, then if, what? If if then if there what? are turnovers in this game that are Mac's fault, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, because you can't preach week in and week out. You can't turn the ball over. You can't give the other team points, and then not do anything about it when there's one guy who's whether it's his fault or not. There's one guy who's, you know, doing it every week. You can't just leave him in there every week. But what if it's not turnovers? It's just the same, but without the turnovers. Yeah, if it's not yeah, turnovers, it's then I give him a little bit more slack. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I, gotta, I think you got to make a move. Yeah. I can't believe they didn't make a move last week, and I think Bill wanted to. I think that was the whole idea behind changing Monday and Tuesday was to sit down with everybody and figure out what can we do. Yeah. What, and then they looked around, and to Alex's point, they said, well, what, what 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 can we do? Like Malik, you know. Well, yeah. I, I was thinking more e- either Zappy or Greer, and I wonder if they maybe don't really feel like Greer's been here long enough to be a legit option. And Zappy, we all know how they feel about Zappy. They cut him, so they don't have any faith in Zappy. Clearly, well, you, you I mean you don't cut a guy that you have belief in. Um, so maybe they. I think they came here on Monday. I honestly do. I think Bill came here on Monday with the the intention of. Max not starting this week, and they then they then they all talked into it. into it, and they said what Alex said, like, okay, that's great, but I don't know who is starting. <laughs> might as well just stick with Mac. Yeah, the uh, the part of that piece, and I know this is just going to probably be me that that was the most disturbing. Had nothing to do with what's currently going on. Uh, they had a a a line in there that said that the Patriots front office doesn't use analytics mm-hmm. to scout. Oh, that's bull. I know that for a fact. Yeah. I, what kind of analytics are they using? They're using it, all of it. I'm I, telling you. Yeah. And I, that, that was something. Yeah. That, I know that for a fact. Freddie was actually intimately involved in it. Interesting. So they said that's they said something along the the lines. Uh, I don't want, I don't have the exact quote, but they said something along the lines that like their personnel decisions are not analytically driven. Well, let's put it this way. I know they're. That's different than. Not I know they have analytics. people doing it yeah whether or not bill is using, using it, it here is another question so i don't know that but i know they have people that doing all the analytics that all the other teams are doing i know that right so the reason why i bring it up and i know that a lot of people are going to hear this and i'll be like i'll get your spreadsheet out of football evan like yada 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 no that would just be me <laughs> i i'm telling you that the the teams that are winning in the league right now are all analytically driven Miami, I asked you, I asked you a question before last game. I, I don't yeah. want to mention his name. I asked, do you know this guy on our staff? You said, yeah. no, I ha- he's doing it. So so is it? maybe it's that. Because it's the line in the story made sense given what we know that Bill's an old school guy, right? And, yeah. and telling him that the spreadsheet is saying that, you know, 
Tyquan Thornton isn't the right pick and George Pickens is, is probably telling Bill, like, you know, to go F himself, right? Like, yeah. that. that well, that's, that's... I mean, these things funny. come from somewhere. So maybe there's someone, there, maybe there's a disgruntled person on the staff saying he's not listening to us. Yeah. We're, we're producing all this data and he's not taking it into consideration. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't I, know. See, I, like, on a game plan... See, see, I still believe that Bill is not as entrenched as people think i think we've seen over the years he's adapted to different things and i think he's always open to good ideas i i i still believe that yeah i just think from a, a game plan perspective like if you know i i love the ngs stuff like i'll look at like you know i brought up like the in-breaking routes with jimmy garoppolo like those splits like i that that makes it very clear to me like this is what he's good at that's what he's not good at if you want to just tell me that bill belichick can watch the film and tell you that then that's fine like i i believe that like i believe that he doesn't need a nerd to tell him that jimmy garoppolo i watched the monday night game and i know nothing and, and i could tell you that. right like i don't need a, i understand that bill probably doesn't need a nerd to tell him that Jimmy Garoppolo likes throwing slants. Right. Like, but, you know. but, but see, there's, right. a, there's a difference in with those next-gen stats when you're talking about in-cuts versus out, outside yeah. the numbers. Those are just facts. Yeah, right. Th- those are facts. The, the NGN stuff that um, – or NGS stuff that, you know, is a little bit more gray is when they extrapolate and they start doing, you know, expectations over whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's more subjective, I think. And it's based on data, I know, but that's the stuff that I think a lot of coaches are like, I don't know about that. Right, so that's you know? the – if but, you want to coach it your way, that's yeah. fine. But when it comes to scouting and it comes to player evaluation, the teams that are on the cutting edge with the analytics stuff are Buffalo, Kansas City, Philadelphia, Miami, San Francisco. Yeah. What do they all have in common? The young coach, offensive minded. They're winning. Well, they're winning. Right. So I'm just telling you that if the front office, and look, there's, I'm a film guy, there's so much room for film. I mean, look at those teams. Right. But it's because they're evaluating the players better. Okay. And there's always going to be a place in the game for eye test that will always exist. You got to watch the film and you got to watch the film and tell you what the film tells you. But these other teams are using this data to supplement their film study and their traditional scouting. And those are the teams that are having success. And those are the teams that are drafting well. And those are the teams that are winning. And at some point, you have to look at that and say, well, if we're not doing it on that level, you know, Philadelphia, Howie Roseman, completely analytically driven general manager. And look at what the Eagles have put together. So at some point you have to like look at that and say like that bothered me a lot. If that if they're not like if they're kind of shoo shooing the the nerds upstairs like or downstairs or whatever you want to call it like that's a problem. That left a mark. Huh? Yeah, definitely. That hurts. Yeah, bit. and I and I'll Personally name a name. Attacks. I could tell you one person in the organization who does appreciate all this stuff is Jonathan Kraft. I can tell you that. Like he's into it. Yeah, and I don't know and I don't pretend to know the inner workings of how all these decisions are made, but I, I, I kind of side with Fred a little bit on like, to me, there's a difference between ignoring like, you know, the data, like, like the, the example that Evan uses about Garoppolo and his tendencies, like that to me is more factual. That's clear cut. Right. Yeah. So if you're ignoring that and you're putting a game plan together, that doesn't take that into consideration. That's just bad coaching. 
Whereas the the, the analytic like they're not talking so, about like expected points added. Right. Like EP, that's right. not what I'm talking right. about. I know. I know. I know. I know you're not talking about that. But when you start talking about some of these other things that I think some of the old school coaches sort of poo poo. It's like, did you guys catch that chart that some guy tried to put together about sacks avoided? Yep. Yeah. And there are so many variables that go into a play where a quarterback is sacked that cannot possibly be put into consideration for that. Like, there were some of those sacks that Daniel Jones took in the Monday night game against Seattle two weeks ago where as soon as he took the snap, a guy was on him. And you automatically say, well, there's no chance. Unless, and I saw Tom Brady do this for 20 years, you're supposed to know that that guy's going to come mm-hmm. un- unblocked and not let that guy sack you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So these are the kinds of things that I think take on a life of their own. And this is not anti-analytics or pro-analytics. This is just there's something that good coaches have to understand why things happen. Games don't happen in a vacuum. Right. Yeah, and, know, and those this stats is not are a pro not, or anti. Yeah, I don't think that they're looking at that type of stuff because it's it, it it to Fred in your point it's it's subjective, right? Like it's it's subjective. What I think the biggest thing that that teams that are having a great success in the draft are looking at are the player tracking data from college. So like for example, instead of St- judging a player on his 40 yard dash time we're going to judge him on in-game speed how fast does he run in pads on a football field with and without the football to me that makes more sense yeah you know? right yeah. so they have that technology now to do that so and i'm not saying that this is necessarily true but taekwon thornton ran a 428 but what happens if taekwon For- thornton's 428 doesn't actually translate to Sundays like it's that he's not actually as fast in a game as he yeah. is on the track and that is the type of stuff that you know like a team like you know I keep on bringing up Philadelphia Howie Roseman doesn't even go to the combine anymore because he doesn't give it rats right like he just Clutch. looks he just Clutch. looks at it and says I like here we have all this this and this next gen type stuff this player tracking data and I know that you know Devonte Smith runs x miles an hour in game so what difference does it make if he runs a 40 or not yeah like for example linebackers like i guess if you're a sideline to sideline linebacker speed is a big deal but for me what's his first step like if there's a way to say his first step is 90 percent the right first step it's you know his instincts are right that makes up a lot of times for you know, not being. That's why it needs to be a mix. Right. right. You right. need that speed data that they, they, they track. Yeah. And the Patriots have been doing that for years. Yeah. Just like everybody else. But you also need the other part of it, too. Because yeah. you can't just have, you know, the guy who, you know, does all What's the, his path to the ball? Wins right. the so underwear. Is it a zigzag or right. is it a beat? Right. So they, but they have the underwear Olympics. Yeah, I, know, right. I know they have that now. Yeah. Like the yeah. dots, like that's right. what the dots do. They have that. Now. And the dots will show you, like, he went. He false stepped this way, and then he corrected himself. Right. And then they also have data like closing speed on the ball. So a guy that was really good at that is is Mapu. Mapu has really good closing speed. So even if he falls steps, he's one of those guys that that he can make up for it. But other Gen- guys like Gonzalo, a Bentley. Gonzalez has shown that too. Yeah, maybe a Bentley speed, can't yeah. do Recovery that. Recovery speed. Yeah. And maybe they drafted Mapu knowing that. Like I'm not saying that. I just. 
I was just going off of what the Herald was saying. And if they're ignoring that kind of stuff, then that almost it kind of makes like it kind of rings true to me like okay they can't draft and they're not like using the analytics oh i wonder why like yeah so i saw that story um but i wasn't like i said i wasn't able to read it were there quotes in the story yeah okay let's teach you a trick after (laughs) but but to me (laughs) you you have to do it in the right order i'm a little mad at the numbers have to show up on film not the other way around oh the film shows up in numbers no the numbers have to like you look at the numbers is it showing up on film? That's the way it has to be. Because if it isn't, I don't care what the numbers say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The numbers have to show up on film. Like the numbers can lead you to the player, but then you have to watch the film. <laughs> you know? Like I, I, I was talking to some. This is a different sport. It was about soccer, and they're talking about goalies. And for sure, it was the expected goals saved like over yeah. expectation goal saved over yeah. this person was saying i knew this goalie was going to be good without even seeing him and i was thinking to myself how can that be true you know you have to watch the goalie yeah you know but his number said that his numbers of goals saved above expectation was just out of this world <laughs> see whereas i my guess is bill knowing bill like i've watched him for 20 plus years would probably look at that and say if I was the one compiling that data, I would trust it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And he comes like, to like his you own said, conclusion. Like, yeah. I think that's what it is. You make a logical, you know, conclusion about that soccer goalie. Yep. Who's determining what his, exp- you know, goes save, above ex- saves, saves above, above, expectation. above expectation is? Right. The, the, because not everybody looks at it the same way. It's I can not. You it's that. not charting. It's they're looking at series of like results over a period of time and they're saying if the puck or the ball is shot here and we take all 30 goalies in the mls or whatever it is how many of when they on the heat map when it goes to this location how many guys are saving it and how many guys aren't right so all of this is uh, this is all data driven like it's not like no, somebody's grading the but film if i'm watching it and a guy has a breakaway and he doesn't score it doesn't, to me, automatically go down as that. That's a save above expectation. I need to see the, the move. Does he shoot it right into his chest? Is it a Bruin, with the game on the line? Wow. You know, so like. Oh, we just put that season behind Andrew us. Just started yesterday. Just started. <laughs> no, I know, and I thought that they should have had about twelve goals last night. I wa- I, I was very. I, to be honest with you, I was very encouraged by last night. I thought they had a lot of good offense. Yeah. For a team I thought was going to struggle to create offense, yeah. Marshawn had a bunny, but it that's my little went 15, off his heel. That's my little fifteen-second Bruins Poitra. moment. Patois, Patois, Patois. All right, he I thought looked good. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. first pass was good. He had a couple turnovers. All right, this, this okay, okay hockey guy. This, this stuff to digest here. This stuff to digest, and then there's all the off-field chatter that yeah. everyone's talking about right now, and I, we've getting a lot of emails on those subjects right, too. Let's get so into we'll, some of the emails. We'll, we'll get to that as well. Oh, no. You know, we'll we'll see what's going on. I'm sorry to go on a ho- to get us on a whole <laughs> analytics. Well, I'm eager to get. I, to, I think the analytics stuff is yeah, interesting. I'm eager to get to line three. I just so, wonder. Yeah, like, let me rephrase that. I think the use of analytics stuff is interesting. I let you decide. <laughs> what the numbers just like mean. the last thing I'll say is just like with with Juju versus Jacoby, and I think this was the context that it was kind of brought up in. 
the the one thing that Jacoby definitely had in his favor was a lot of like the advanced like separation analytics and stuff like that. Yep. And so it was brought up in the context of that of player evaluation, and it does make you wonder. Like they watched Juju and they watched Jacoby, but did they look at the fact that Jacoby against man coverage was a much better separator based off the math than? Juju was. And that was sort of the insinuation I think that Andrew and, and Doug funny. were making. When they made that move, all of the math guys yeah, told me paper, how wrong I was. Exactly. Well, then that makes more sense with Andrew's question yesterday that he asked Bill. About pressure rate? Uh, no, the Jacoby Myers one where he yeah. said, you know, coaches have said they praised Jacoby's ability to separate. Do you think your team has a problem separating? That was kind of what how he asked the question, yeah. which just seemed strange to me. I'll, but I'll say some now of my it makes comments sense. for off air. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the ace ticket hotline. Uh, Patty's in Agawam. What's up, Patty? Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Hey, hey, Patty. So I got a weird question, and this is not my opinion. I just had this thought in my head yesterday. And, um, like I said, it's not my opinion. It's just an idea. I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it. And I don't know who came up with the idea last year, Matt Patricia or Bill Belichick, to switch to more of a Shanahan offense. But do you think maybe looking at the offense this year and down the stretch of 21 that whoever's idea that was, maybe maybe they were onto something? Onto something. I, I, so the, you're thinking after 21, they made the decision to do this, this, this you know, more of the wide run, the Shanahan zone type runs. of zone yes. runs. And you think maybe they were onto something? Maybe they should have kept doing that this year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean they are. Uh, I think they have. That's the was problem. The wrong guy to to teach it and to and to run the offense. But I mean, look at look at how abysmal they were down the stretch of 21. How at the same pattern that they started this year with, where they would fall behind in games. You know, they couldn't get they they never really had any good starts. I think Minnesota. When they played Minnesota on Thanksgiving, that was really the last time they had like a good start to a game. But um, and I'm not like I said, I'm not saying it's my opinion. It just kicked around in my head, and there's plenty of space up there to kick around. I think um, you can make an argument that the Patriots need sort of an infusion of a new offensive look. Thanks, Pat. But I think they've tried it and it hasn't worked. Me so too. this goes to Fred's point. At some point. You have to figure out a way to get better players. Yeah. Uh, well, another to implement thing, whatever scheme you want to implement. Another thing from this article was that they were studying the Rams' offense was what they were trying to pull from. That what they say in the Herald. So yeah. So the, I, I I would just say to Patty's like question that they are running Shanahan's concepts in the run game more. Mike's right in, in the Herald's right in my opinion more McVay, but in general. They're an outside zone and duo team. Like that's the two things that they do, and that's what McVeigh does. Like I think a lot of people think that McVeigh is all outside zone. What do you mean by duo? Uh, double teams gap. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. just double team, you know, two double teams in the in the middle of the the line of scrimmage, and, and then usually like in in McVeigh's system, and the Patriots have used their tight ends in this way. They'll have somebody insert from a motion, right, and they'll insert kind of like as a lead blocker up the middle, and that's that's their inside run. In, Mc, in McVay's offense. So their outside run is zone. Their inside run is duo most of the time. And in the Super Bowl in 53, uh, they didn't, the Rams didn't have 
Cooper Cup, Todd, <laughs> Todd Gurley. They didn't have duo. They didn't have a lot of inside answers. They were they evolved in that respect. They were very very heavy outside zone early on in McVay's coaching career, and so the Patriots had those double edges, and they just like they knew what what was coming. Hightower. The the he next evolution well. for McVay in that when they won the Super Bowl with Stafford, a big reason why they won was because that he he found a, a left hand. You know, he, he okay, you're going to play that 6-1 tilt. We're going to play outside zone. We're going to run it up the middle on you. We're going to run duo. So the Patriots have tried to – that's what they do. Like single back, outside zone, duo, that's that's their offense right now. So if you think that, that was the right idea, then you're telling me that this is good, what we're watching. Uh, it all comes down to execution, though, you know. Um, Emmanuel in New Bedford. What's, a man, what's up, Emmanuel? Hey, what's going on? Hey. Hey. Just this. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Can. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I, I got I got a I got a take and then I got a question for you guys. Um so so my question would be, do you guys feel um like Max work ethic is pretty good? You know, what I kinda yeah. mean by that is Max's been in the league for three years, you know, and, and again I hate to compare him to Brady because there's there's no one that's gonna ever be like Brady. But Brady used to talk a lot about building chemistry with the players, you know, and that was his big take on, on, on things. And again, he had great chemistry with guys like Gronk and, and Amendola and Edelman, you know, what, like, it, it just makes me question, what does Mac really do during the off season? You know, like he, again, he's been in the league for three years and, and is he really taking the time to develop that chemistry with his receivers, you know, figuring out what they, what they like, figuring out like, their their strengths and their weaknesses you know and again it, we always hear about him talking about after the post game shows about and hey, we all need to be better as a team which it was 100 percent right but do we ever again we talk about the the uh the lack of the, the big struggles with the offensive line obviously it, it just he doesn't get the ball out in time but does he ever think about like hey maybe we can just try to work on getting the ball out quicker like try like again yeah. let me take accountability you know let's just try to get yep. the ball out quicker get the ball out quicker you know and then again once that that develops that becomes well sure the offensive line really develops hey let's try to work on some some uh deep 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 field passing you no know? i hear what you're saying so emmanuel that's my question and, and thanks for that. the call um i think that mac does try to work with these guys whether it's before practice after yeah. practice off, off season, season. Yeah. i i think his little comment uh, a couple weeks ago about it's not oh, it's not good enough if only a few guys put in the extra work. Yeah. Might be talking about maybe one or two of his own receivers. That's how I took it, um, honestly. You know, I think Mac is out there always willing to put in the extra work. I don't know how much buy-in he gets from – Mac is also one of the last ones off the practice field, too. Like, we do the static cams down there, and the whole team will come by after practice. He's always – No, I – and if there's one thing that Bill has praised about him, if there's one thing that Bill has praised, it's his work ethic. It's kind of what he – Early in, laid out. But that doesn't mean anything unless – like, you can be rolling that rock up this way, but if I told you to roll it this way, you're putting in hard work, but is it smart yeah. work? Well, this is – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, I mean, it's kind of what Mac talked about yesterday of just getting – he said, you know, these are some of the guys are some of my best friends on the field and off the field. And, you know, it, for me, it, it seemed, you know, really obvious yesterday that his theme is kind of 
getting back to having fun and relaxing and playing football with your friends. And it seems that's kind of what the approach is that he's taken this week, whether it works or not. But I think everything he said is, you know, I, th- I don't have any problem with Max's work ethic, with his leaderships, you know, all that stuff. I mean, we can talk about some of his personality stuff and how he's dealt with some adversity. But just in terms of preparing for the season, staying after practice, getting here, I mean, I, I don't think you've ever heard any complaints about that. It's one thing no, I don't think No, I don't think I have any it. problems with his work ethic, but his leadership is yeah. separate from that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. In order to be – to get the buy-in, you have to be a leader. People have to say, okay, I'm going to – do what this guy tells me because it's going to make yeah. me a better player. And you need results too. And that's, you yeah. know, like, let's face it, like, no matter what you're kind of like, if you win games, guys will get behind you and want to play with you. But at a certain point, especially when you keep killing your team early in the game, and, you know, you heard Mayo kind of say yesterday, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it has an effect on the defense and that they're, you know, unfortunately disappointed with, you know, how the way games have been starting. So, you know, that's going through the team. And, and I think if he Steve, has some success, Steve it Belichick change. referenced it too. Yeah. About the finger yeah. I, I just think, like, in terms of, um, he mentioned Mac yes, mentioned yesterday about communicating more mm-hmm. with his receivers, and I get that you have to have some cachet to get people to buy in. And he's not playing well, and he hasn't accomplished. He doesn't have yeah. a resume in the league really, so that that makes it difficult. But if the one thing that I like kind of notice with him is that like he's kind of in his own world on the sideline. Yeah, you know he he might be with Billy O, but like he's kind of in his own world. Yeah. And like it's like if you have a bad play on the drive before because the receiver ran the wrong route, go up to the guy and be like, hey, yeah, like that, that's not it. that's not good enough. Yeah. Like we need to be, you know, and those are the types of things that Brady used to do. And I get that Brady had the cachet to do it. But at the same time, like you got to like fake it till you make it, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you notice that you threw a pick or you threw a third down that wasn't completed because the receiver ran the route incorrectly, then correct him. Go, yeah. Like. I wonder, this way. Yeah, I wonder if early on he started trying to do that and he got rebuffed and now he's well, a little... Well, it's a subtle yeah. point that Mike just made that I really hadn't thought of in that regard, but you said about the... That's what he did in camp. Remember when we used to watch yeah. him in camp like he was he off by himself? He would go over the guys. No, yeah. he'd be by himself. Not, well, yeah. He'd be visualizing by himself. He did do that I think Mike well. makes a really yeah. good point. But later but i i do remember like in spring camp maybe it was last year like him going up to the guys after plays and and talking mm-hmm. and i think and we called it out but and paul's right he also did that whole thing where he was visualizing by himself yeah, i don't mean yeah. to steal your point i no, think no. you i think no, you I, that I just, just slipped now. it in i just slipped it, it in yeah. it was more when like there was another quarterback taking reps he would be on, off on his own. Right. Well, that's yeah. when he should be yeah. with his receiver. But I remember so. at the time we were kind of speculating that maybe Max still is kind of pissed about last year and that, you know, he was kind yeah. of pouting by himself. And, you know, yeah. it seems like really what – I mean, that's still possible. I thought that was, was the that, most but. interesting thing that he said when he talked about I, – I, I've been told that I was a good communicator and I need to do a better job of that. He yeah. seems isolated right now. Right. Poor Mac. All right. Um, Paul too. needs to eat, so He's we need to take a break. Two sandwiches, uh, we'll Paul. be right Jeez. back after this. Get in on the action with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the New England Patriots. New customers can download the DraftKings app now and play free for millions in prizes using code PATS. That's code PATS only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Isn't it time to get exactly what you want? Welcome to Red Hot Deal Days from Verizon, where you get your pick of our best deals. Like my plan, where you can pick the perks you want and save on every one. For limited time, bring your own phones to a Verizon store and you can get my plan for our best price ever. Get exactly what you want in your phone plan and only pay for what you need. Bring your phones to your Verizon store today and get my plan. These deals won't last. 
What's your Verizon? We are back with the PU Halftime Show. Matisse Bauman here joined by Faith Worrell. Thir third time joiner? Yes, third time's the charm. There we go. Um, all right, we're going to start with some trivia to win an unfiltered T-shirt. Official unfiltered T-shirt. Um, question one. What year did the Patriots first debut their home color rush jersey, and what was the first game that they wore them? I miss color rush. All right. How many, question two. How many field goal attempts did Adam Vinatieri complete and make in the Super Bowls he played in? Also, how many PATs did he attempt and make? All right. That includes Colts, by the way. I think he played one with the Colts. Um, question three. Which player made a key pass breakup in Super Bowl 53? That's a gimme, right? I know that one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. Today is Thursday. Happy Thursday. October 12th, and it's a big <laughs> Thursday night tilt. We got the Broncos versus the Chiefs. And Faith, you might not know, but the Chiefs have a little bit of a win streak going against the Broncos. I had no idea. It's 15 straight, similar <laughs> to do we, the Pats of 15 against the Jets. Were we at 15 or 16? I believe so. 15. I think 15. Yeah. So this is a big game. Um, the Broncos are off a tough loss to yes. the Jets, yeah. which there was also some off-field stuff going on. Sean Payton said some not nice things about Nathaniel Hackett, and it looks like Hackett got the last laugh. Yes, he did. Uh, Faith, what do you have on this game? What are you thinking? <laughs> so um, every week on my own podcast, Playmaker's Perspective. Check it out, like, and subscribe. Absolutely. Um, I usually pick, you know, got to have Faith, uh, underdog of the week. I glanced right over this one. I didn't even really stop to consider the Broncos winning in Arrowhead. I just think, like, the Chiefs obviously took the loss to the Lions in week one. Shocking upset for the Lions. Cool story. And then they've just been bulldozing everybody else. Obviously, wrestling with some injuries. Travis Kelsey kind of hurt injury. himself. Swift but Swifties might take over the well synthetic turf uh, <laughs> debate we had yesterday. Honestly. Um, but, like, for him to even be injured in the game and come back and score a touchdown, like, they're just fine. I don't see them slowing down. I. The thing, the only reason I'm going to pick the Chiefs is just because, the like. The only reason? Yes. The only, I, this screams trap game. It really does. Okay. But I think losing to the Jets, I, I think Sean Payton despises Russell Wilson. Like oh, they have for a good sure. team. I think he's over it. He's locked in with them. He they're losing and Russell Wilson's making Sean Payton look bad now. Yes. So I think he's that's something to look forward to in the offseason, what happens with them. Yeah. But the only way the Broncos win this game is if Kelsey last minute inactive. Hmm. That's fair. I, I do think like with Sean Payton, because he said Nathaniel Hackett did the worst coaching job in the NFL. He might not be wrong. I'm just saying. Which, <laughs> that's a lot to say when you're taking over the same Broncos team that he had to deal yes. with, and now you're one and four, and it's like. I will say, they do look better, though. I mean, just they're a still little. one and four, so Yo, they're one better and four, is, but a, is the a moral I mean, victory. Faith, last year they had the fans counting down the play clock for them. Like, that is as unorganized <laughs> right. as you get. That's fair. That's fair. But, but you're right. It, he, he can't be saying that. He has a long way to go. I want to talk about the Kelsey injury because yeah. I was on the field during the game for the past game, so I wasn't doing <laughs> my normal. Game. I no, was like, hmm. I was on the field for the, our game against the Saints. I don't want to talk about that. <clears> but yep. I didn't get to watch, you know, my normal red zone, so I was checking uh, some highlights. And when I first saw that injury, I thought he blew out his Achilles. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a tough fall. And tough. we all know Mahomes, great player. He's not the same without Kelsey. Oh, He's no. really not. It's just his right-hand man. Like, really, that's his go-to. These Thursday night games are tough. 
They really the are. The turnaround it's is It's a tough. quick turnaround. Like, yeah. these guys, like, they get hit so much, mm-hmm. and then you're asked to travel. So, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect in this one. You know, it would be awesome. I'm going to watch it regardless. It's going to be awesome if the Broncos figure out some form of a cheat code and figure out how to make it close. I don't see the Chiefs letting the Broncos ultimately win. I mean, this is a division game. Like, this is you never huge know for them. Happen. I feel like the Broncos' best case scenario is this. They can keep their offense on the field longer than the Chiefs so that hopefully, you know, they can keep it within maybe one score. But I just don't see the Chiefs oh. going – like, stay, having in Arrowhead yeah, lose a division game that. to the Broncos. I, I didn't know where it was. I was checking where it was. Like, I just – like, it's just one of those games where it's like they're going to find a way to win. And I don't know, a side note, I feel like it's hilarious that, like, when Patrick Mahomes got injured in the playoffs, like, how quickly he was able to turn around. Kelsey looks like he tears his Achilles, comes right back out the locker room, scores a touchdown. Sprained ankle, by the way. Sprained ankle, by the way. Yeah. Way better. Of course. (laughs) Um, What do they do in Kansas City to heal their players so fast? It's crazy to me. They turn around like nothing, and they come out and make big plays. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, the – the Broncos just got to air it out. I don't really trust their run game, and I think you just got to take chances. That's the only way. It sucks. You're not supposed to get into a shootout with the Chiefs, but you have to do it. Yeah. But um, Faith, let's get a pre. Did your did your podcast come out already? Yes. Okay. Let's let's get the keep the faith or what, okay, what was so it called exactly again? Sorry. Gotta have faith. Gotta have faith. What's the what's the score? So I'm when I was looking at this week. Obviously, I saw the Broncos Chiefs. I did not go with that. I saw the Panthers Dolphins. Did not go with that. <laughs> Love the Panthers, but no. Um, so I ended up taking the Jets over the Eagles. I I could see it being like a 24-21 last-minute field goal kind of thing, potentially. That just feels like a game that the Eagles are traveling to the Jets. Every undefeated team almost has tends to have their one game at some point, and I could just see the Jets, I don't know, pulling it out, potentially. I'm mostly riding on faith for that one. Okay, what about the Thursday night game? <laughs> the Thursday night game, yeah. like tonight? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, if the Chiefs decide to actually dominate and show up and Kelsey's healthy and everything works, I mean, this this could be like a 34 to 12 kind of game. Like, okay. I, It could be like an ugly game I, for I the have, Broncos. I have 27 to 13. Ah, I like it. Yeah. Chiefs. I was about to say. Uh. Um, if, if, if Kelsey's in a, inactive, 17 to 13 Chiefs. Yeah. I think regardless, they're going to pull it out, but. I mean, you can definitely account. What Kelsey scored in the last, like one touchdown in the last four games or, yeah, or he's, he's every a beast. game. And uh, your girl's going to be there, apparently. Let's go. <laughs> Speaking of my girl, she has her movie coming out you're on gonna, Friday. You're going to go see that too? Not on Friday. I, I'm i like an 85% Swifty. I let the 100% Swifties go on Friday. Then you have more space in the theater. Yeah. I don't, I don't want it to be packed up. I want it to be a nice experience. Got it. All right. Well, Faith, thank you for joining. Guys, send those trivia answers into webradio at patriots.com, and let's get back to the show. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. And now, great moments in... History. Come on. Uh, I don't know. Do you ever listen to Felger? Felger still to this day. Felger is not the end all be all of conversation. 
there's other people saying stuff. Well, and a one, lot of there, people there's said only one guy it was all Brady. There's only and one they guy. said it while Brady was here with Bill. Who said that? Oh, tons of people. Who? On this show. I mean, do I, do I have to go back and email? I've never said that. I so you better not did. be insinuating no, that. No, I, I think he means call. You're talking about emailers, callers? Yeah, emails and callers. There's only one guy whose voice matters in the town, and it's Michael. Oh, I mean, he's the, only oh, guy, he's the only guy who oh, even moves the needle. Holy uh, mackerel. Not me. Not me. He's the only guy that moves the needle. hero worship. It's wow. not a hero worship. You're I think, I think he's insane. I didn't know you had such a love affair I couldn't with him. possibly disagree with him more. It's got nothing to do with hero so worship. So who cares what he, he says? Think, he thinks that they can win the division with Brian Hoyer. I couldn't possibly disagree with him more. There's nothing to do with hero worship. But Paulie, don't tell Paul, me that Glenn Paul. Ordway has a pulse on anything that's going on. No, just, yes, Bill. Yes, Bill. What else do you want, Bill? Don't, oh, don't should our wives get together? Are we going to dinner and, this weekend? Oh, okay, and, Bill. That's another great moment from... Score big with Bob's unbeatable savings on power reclining furniture perfect for game day viewing with features like hidden drop-down tables for snacks and bevs and convenient USB ports. Paul will never have to get up and miss a play, but only when you shop at Bob's, the official furniture store of the New England Patriots. Uh, we gave away, what, T-shirts at halftime? Only oh. two winners. Wow. Uh, first uh, trivia question, do you guys know the no, answers? No, I don't know these answers. Nobody knows the answers? Paul, well, don't I, I do, but I, don't, I was not given the questions ahead of time. No. What year did the Patriots first debut their home color rush jersey? And what was the first game they wore them? 2016. Oh, yep. Against one. the Texans with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. That's correct. Wow. Really? Uh, Nate Olivas, Olivas is the winner. Uh, the oh, second one. Frank, you let me down. How yeah. many field goal attempts did Adam Vinatieri complete and make in the Super Bowls he played in? And how many PATs did he attempt and make? Wow. That's a lot of That's questions hard. within that no question. Idea. The answer is Adam was 7 for 10 on field goals and 13 for 13 on extra points for 34 points in five games in Super Bowls. And there was no winner. Wow. There was no winner. And finally, which player made a key pass breakup in Super Bowl 53? Jason McCourty. Yeah. <laughs> and that winner was Maurice Cerullo. That's a that's a easy one. Yeah. <laughs> easy one. Paul yeah. got it. All right, uh, 855-PASS-500 is the ace ticket hotline. Web radio at patriots.com is the email address. Let's get back to the calls. We'll start with Ted in Charleston. What's up, Ted? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make two points. It was interesting to hear Evan talk about the evolution of the game. Um, and I think there's often a long delay between a significant rule change and evolution, you know, the NBA adopted the three-point shot in 1979, and it took 30 years to get Steph Curry as Warriors. And I think in football, Polian and the competition committee reemphasized passing about 20 years ago or so. Is that right? And it was I, after I guess if you don't change your personnel and strategy right away, but at some point you have to. And I wonder if it's the younger coaches that tend to see these changes, whether it's quality of the athletes or the rule changes earlier than the older coaches. And just one other point. There's, when people say that the Patriots on offense lack skilled position players, lack offensive linemen, and lack a good quarterback, what else is there? And it, it, doesn't that mean that there's a four-year rebuilding process? And shouldn't the craft take away the personnel keys right now from Belichick before he does a Mohamed Sanu-type trade? 
Thanks, Ted. It's a good call. To, yeah. the, to the first Except point. Except for uh, line three still stinks. Yeah. <laughs> to the first point, I feel like that it's not necessarily that the young coaches see it first. That's how they grew up. Like they, they like guys like Shanahan and McVeigh and like those those coaches just that this is the type of foot this is the era that they've grew, grown up in you know Bill grew up in football in the 70s and the 80s and these guys are growing up now and I think for a lot of the the skill players like you know how there's so many good receivers now it was all like the seven on seven camps and stuff like that that they you know these guys are catching passes all the time like in the spring the summer they're playing seven on seven and i think that same thing is with the coaches like i think that those guys are just this yeah. is the era like this is their time i and do this- like his point though that when sometimes you know things get changed and innovated and it takes a while and i think the basketball one is very valid i mean you would have never envisioned the three-point line being as big a part of the nba game now as if you watched during the 80s um but that's the way everybody plays now and I think there's there's an element of truth to it to the to the NFL, you know, toward the end of the first part of the Patriots dynasty is when the Panthers and the Colts put up a I mean not the Panthers the Eagles and the Colts put up a big stink about their receivers getting roughed up in the playoffs and they were sort of more conscious of calling those those plays and it took a while but now the passing game is almost you know clockwork yeah. it's so unstoppable and you don't see teams playing the way the Patriots played at that time. It's kind of interesting to me that um, that the excessive pace that they kind of used with O'Brien in like 2011, I know that was partially due to the, to the lockout, but that that didn't become more of a, a trend. It just seemed kind of like a one-off. It doesn't seem like teams are as interested now as the one-word play call. Remember that year? It was like, oh, my yeah. gosh, the one-word play call. The NASCAR gonna... pack. Yeah. And you see it still in college, but you don't see as much of it in, in the pros. I think that was <laughs> because of Chip Kelly. Like Chip Kelly yeah. brought that, uh, the Patriots went and yeah. worked with Chip Kelly to learn it, and then I think Chip Kelly came to the league and his teams and with the the Eagles, like time of possession was so lopsided for them that the the defense was just gassed mm-hmm. playing that way, and I, I think that teams realized that it wasn't sustainable. Now, the last part, what was that? Those the the, last about taking the keys away oh, yeah. um, before he makes a Muhammad Sanu type trade. I wonder if. Uh, maybe they have been taken away a little bit. Um, well, and anything major has to go through the crafts. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder. Though. I would think that that would be smart right now because they have to have some internal conversations yeah. about anything that they do. Right? Doesn't doesn't Robert have to sign off on a trade? Uh, yeah, he does. I mean, I would think. Yeah, but yep. I mean, in, in free agency, I mean, really, it was. It was just Juju that got the three-year deal. I mean, everybody else was just one- or two-year deals. You know, that was the only real kind of significant deal. Unless you want to count Card- Cardona's four years. Well, I'm, I'm talking about, right, like maybe but yeah, what, what's just happening recently. Now. Now. Just recently. Yeah. Like yeah. if they want to make the, the Evan – this might have been off air – the Jerry Judy trade. Um, we yeah. were talking about while, while Fred was eating his two subs. Um, <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I, I would think Robert would need to – to yeah. sign off on something like that, whereas maybe he doesn't necessarily need to be bogged down with the minutia on a normal level. But right now, I don't know how you can just do you think have he, carte blanche for what's yeah. going to happen in 24, 25, I don't know, though, that, that, that extension of Parker on June 28th. Right. One, right. Like, it's happened post that, I guess. Could you guys ever see, though, like, in an offseason, Kraft coming in and being like, we have an actual GM now? 
Like you are say hello to Tim. Literally, yeah. A, like <laughs> I don't know. I can't see. They got to share an office. And I would see Bill like resigning or just. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just plus I don't I think have it no works. Desire to Bill, do that. Tim, Tim, I don't. Th- I think it's a dysfunctional. You know, it's one thing if you hire a GM and you hire a and coach that's established, and that's yeah. established. But the way that you can't have Bill do it for twenty five years and then say, Alex, now you no longer can make those moves at your whim. It's just a dysfunctional thing. So now Bill's going to be. But if that's happening now, but just at a less like a lesser degree, there's an actual GM. I think it's close to over. Let's just like put it that the way. The teacher has to check your homework. <laughs> Make sure. Um, I well, would worry about like if you have Matt. Let's say it's Macro, and you just say Macro's the GM now. He's going to make all the person. He has final say on the roster. Mm-hmm. I I don't want Bill coaching that. Yeah. Not because I don't trust Bill to coach, but how is his relationship going to work there? Like, am I going to go out of my way to spite the moves that Macro has made because I didn't get to make them? Like, it's yeah. just human nature. The guy's been in charge of the kingdom for 25 <laughs> years. It's just a non And now you're telling him, yeah. well, you can coach, but I just wonder towards we're the end tell of, you, who you, of coach. you know, I think the only potential moves I'd wonder is not necessarily trades, which I think, you know, when you're one and four, like, what's the point? But Duggar extensions, you know, like anybody getting an extension, is any of that stuff going to get done, you know? Because I could still see a place where – even the crafts would say, look, we love I, Kyle Duggar. And, I think and the trade deadline's an opportunity still. It's just the other way. Like, I, I think, like, an Uche or a Kendrick Bourne or maybe even a Hunter Henry mm. could give, you know, and I think I saw, um, I think someone someone tied a tight end to uh, Zach Ertz, I think, Bill Barnwell tied to Dallas. And I my immediate thought was, well, we, we got a decent tight end that yeah. might not be here next year. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Hunter Henry. You know, to doubt maybe you could get, you know, fifth round pick or something. I don't, I don't know. Every little bit helps at this point. Uh, Kyle and Pembroke writes in. I may be stupid, but I still have hope. I believe that this is the week the team puts it together. I believe Thornton is the missing piece to open up the run game in the passing game. I predict he will have seven catches for a hundred plus yards and a touchdown, leading the Patriots to a twenty-seven thirteen victory. I'm ready to be hurt again, <laughs> but I still believe in this team. All right. Okay. Well. I love it. I, I can see the Patriots winning this week. I, I don't think there's anything that's like unrealistic about the Patriots winning the game, but in what fashion? For what? Yeah. You you think that you're going to have just as much faith the next week against Buffalo, and then the next week <sighs> no. at Miami? And they're just those two games are staring right in the face. You know, yeah. this does tell you exactly where you are, where you are in the division, where you are in the conference, where you stack up overall. I already know where they are oh, in I the know. division. Yep. Oh, I know. Look it up. <laughs> and as you as you pointed out many times. Where they've been in the division since 2020. It hasn't moved. Nope. Uh, let's see. Ryan, uh, Ron in Conway, New Hampshire. <clears throat> what can we do to manufacture a win this week? I'm as lost as much of, as all of you. My concerns are still the same, too, regarding one thing. It seems that this team is in such a bad spiral of bad play, and it's when one thing goes bad, everything they do goes bad, too, including injuries. I agree with Evan from yesterday's show about having a fullback. <clears throat> in all honesty, I don't care if the other teams see that you might telegraph a run play or not. Question is, can they stop it? Yes. I'm a fan of having a fullback, and every great running back needs one as it is an additional blocker. Lastly, I'm a huge fan of playing the kids at wide receiver, Thornton, Butte, Rager, and even Bourne. Schuster needs to get his mind right because his mind is in bad Some of t- these guys <clears throat> aren't kids, by the way. No. Yeah. Born, Thornton? Bourne, not a kid. Douglas, those are kids. Booty? kids am i a kid 
born, not a kid. You're a kid. You're a kid. I think I'm You're older than niece. Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, but NFL wise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. show wise, you wouldn't be a kid in the washed. NFL. <laughs> Pu wise, no, he's not. You know, there's, there's a difference between washed and not necessarily. I would be a kid. washed. I'm saying, not Kendrick. Yeah, but uh, bo- you know, born, you know, Rager. These aren't kids anymore. Rager's been on like four teams. Yeah. Uh, Jess in Connecticut. Yesterday during my class, my professor was wearing an unauthentic Pu shirt. <laughs> There's knockoffs. There's knock. Really? I told you guys this. Mike, Someone has like a Shopify that <laughs> right. they're dropping them. So the first time I noticed this was when Marcus Jones's parents came and we gave them a T-shirt. I tweeted out a picture, and then in the comments, someone dropped a link. Get your own, and it was like fraudulent. Obviously, oh, someone, wow. Someone just like copied the logo and put it on a white T-shirt on one of those like Printify print-on-demand stores. I wonder if they're better. So. I wonder if they're better quality. Right, Fred. <laughs> Ours are soft. They're not that bad. <laughs> Freddie, shrink. Are you sleeping on like, the job? What are you doing? Like, I don't like Season them to desist. Shrink. What are you doing? <laughs> um, plus, we had a midterm test, and we had three bonus questions, one of which was, what is the world's original podcast? Oh, my gosh. No way. Who I is go, this teacher? I go to Eastern Connecticut State University, and Dr. D is going to Vegas this weekend for the game. So I hope for his mental sanity, my mental sanity, and all of Patriots Nation's sanity, we play like an actual NFL team. Dr. D. Shout Eastern. out Dr. D. I love it. Eastern Connecticut. Is that Peoli's one? Yeah, I no. think so. No. Central Connecticut. You were Central Connecticut? Never yes. keep oh. it straight. Is there a Western Northwestern Connecticut? Connecticut? There is. There yeah. is a Western Connecticut. I don't believe there's it's a so Northern Connecticut, away. but there's an Eastern, Western, and Central. Wow. And Southern. Southern Connecticut Southern. University, right? My brother's a freshman at Eastern Connecticut right now. Watch out for that Morel stomping grounds. Okay. My brother's a freshman? The old freshman? Is he like uh, Thornton Mellon? It's Mr. But that's pretty wild. <laughs> he's wearing a T-shirt and he's putting questions on his test. It seems like it sounds like a pretty big fan. Get your teacher my, to write my, it. My we question: send him a real is, one. Did anyone get the right answer besides you? Is yeah, what I want. Her. Yeah. How do we know the professor has a fake shirt? It could he maybe he won the contest. Maybe it's maybe, maybe. maybe. answered a question. Yeah. Doctor D. D. <laughs> you mail anything to Doctor D? We need to have that little <laughs> silver sticker, you know, right, that has the NFL. We on. should make certificates. Yeah, <laughs> signed by us. <laughs> uh, let's go to Todd in North Carolina on the Ace Ticket Hotline. What's hey up, guys, Todd? It was kind of telling to hear uh, cousin Patty starting to say, "Hey, look, maybe last year there was something we could find and bring over for our offense or something," because it was, you know, we need to get something going. So my question for you guys, since we're doing question time here, yeah, we are. Yes, we are. You guys just went through it. Does uh, Mr. Belichick know what is best for the team, and is he able to do what's best for the team? Like Those are two questions separate. I'd like to hear your answer. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Does he know, and will he do it? Yeah, just no <clears throat> I think he thinks he knows, Yeah, and I think he thinks he's trying to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a simple answer. But it's it's one of those things where – you know, and I not to get back in the, the drama of it all, but you know, there's no answer to that question. Right. It's who's to say what yeah. the best thing for the team is. Right. The proof is only if they win games, they start winning games. But I just wonder if are people still listening to those things and and trying to execute those things with all their might? Do they still believe that those things are going to win them football games? That's what questions are. Uh, Raj in St. Louis, you know how you always say there's a listener with an expertise in a topic you're discussing? Yes. Without giving too much personal info, <laughs> I have a master's degree in stats oh. and work in a field where I do financial analysis. So when I heard Evan's thoughts, I had to weigh in. I think it's fascinating that football is trying to implement analytics and scouting and game management, but it's just always going to be limited. Just by nature, 17 games is just not a good enough sample size for a lot of stats to be meaningful. 
You can argue about number of snaps and all that, but these stats are simply too susceptible to noise and outliers. I'm generally skeptical by nature, so without disclosing the raw data in actual tests slash formulas to the public, I have serious doubts in a lot of these PFF next-gen proclamations. I think potential for true statistical analysis uh, is there in the NFL, but some more transparency would be appreciated. There are so many websites with amazing NBA and MLB raw data. Why not for the NFL? P.S. Win probability is a hoax and should be banned. Yeah, so I largely agree with his theory about the sample size, and I do think that's the number one thing for analytics is in, if they, they talk about it in baseball all the time, and there's no sport that's more analytics-driven than baseball. Yeah. That's 162 games, and the reason why they say teams don't always translate in the playoffs is because of that. It, it works over 162, but it's a little bit different when you're in a three-game series, you know, a three-out-of-five series, and you've seen – you know, like a lot of the favorites going down, but there's way fewer variables too. Yeah. Like, okay, there's a different pitcher on the mound, or there's a different batter, but right. like other than that, maybe shifts. Other than that, like football is such a butterfly effect sport. Like one th- tiny little thing can change so right. much. But, yeah. but in defense of the stats, and here I am playing the other side of the fence. I know there's only 17 games in a season, but the stats go back. I mean, no. You know. But what, what they're talking about, like, I'll give you a couple of quick examples. Like, what, what the email is talking about is, and I've said this many times, like, the defense is ranked oh. sixth in the league. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Because they shut out Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. That's one out of your 17 games, which is a huge part of that number. Now, to me, it's not necessarily indicative of how good you are. You know, and that's just an, like one example to prove his. Especially to, for college kids too. Like, okay, if you're looking at these advanced stats for each of their colleges, you have to weigh them up against player to player, their strength of schedule, their strengths of conference. Right. Yeah, there's just, a lot of variables. Now, the other part, like Evan brought up something about the takeaways. We were talking about they've only taken the ball away two times all year, and it's like you know that's seems like that will you know regress to the mean at some point. You know, they they've. I think that what you've seen so far is a regression to the mean. Last year, mm-hmm. they took the ball away a ridiculous you amount count of times. On it every yeah. game, if not twice. It was every game. It was two and three takeaways every game. You that was that was probably the outlier. It, this is what my point is. Like yeah. you can't say that you're going to. The best defenses don't do what the Patriots did last year, every year, in terms of takeaways, and then. And a lot of times taking those takeaways into points directly. Yeah. I think you you've know? seen it with sacks, too. Right. I, I think it's a regression to the mean now. Not like they're going to all of a sudden, you know, they're not going to go the whole year without taking the ball away. They'll probably take it away on Sunday. Garoppolo's got seven picks. He leads mm-hmm. the league. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots come up with a pick or two. But I, it's not something you rely on. It's a variable. Yeah. Uh, Ramon in Tampa, I wasn't a big football fan then, but wasn't Coughlin asked to give up his GM duties to focus on coaching and did so easily because he recognized he wasn't doing a good job? Kind of when? Re- with the Giants? With the, I, or with the Jags? Or maybe, I don't know. I, I kind of remember something like that. He became a GM later in his career in Jacksonville. Right. He, he ran the Jags. He didn't know. coach anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. No, but, but the Jags were before the Giants, right? Maybe the Giants had a, a GM that came in. Jags first, Giants, then he went back to the Jags. Oh, then he went back the, to yeah. the Jags. Oh, yeah. He, he originally ran the whole thing. But she, I mean, that, that might be right. 
Yeah. There might have been, was that, uh, who's that guy? Sean something. Sean Barnes? No. Sean. I, I can't think of the guy's name. There was a guy that came in for the Giants in that time and did a really good job, and he was under a lot of heat. Hmm. And then they ended up winning a couple of titles. Uh, let's that go might to, be who we, let's who, go to Jason in London. About. What's up, Jason? You sound like you're from London. Hey. 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 Hey, guys. Hey. I, I was in Gillette for my first time this weekend, and no matter the result, it was an amazing time. Like, it was my birthday, so I was like, oh, I'll buy a flight and a ticket. Absolutely epic time. Like, I had no bad uh, bad experience. Um, I really enjoyed it. Everyone was super friendly. Tailgating was fun. Like, it was just awesome. Like, so good. Wow. That's great. I, I love it. Can you do a favor for me? Can you say the Allied forces have just breached Berlin? <laughs> the Allied forces have just breached Berlin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. All Thank right. Guys. All right. Thanks, Jason. I'm glad somebody had fun. I know. Yeah. Love to hear that. It was well, a nice day. Well, I was talking to somebody from Germany yesterday. Um, he's a big wig there. Um, like generally in Germany? Yeah. And he was saying that the thing about what the people love in Germany about American football is the fest the festival. Yeah. You know, the whole thing around the game, like the getting together and and uh they really like that part of it. That's what I so. miss most about being a fan. Like sometimes when I would come back here from California for a game, I would think I would like get stuck in the tailgate too long cuz I was just having too much fun right partying with I all the Patriots leave. fans and yeah. friends and then we're like sprinting into the stadium and of course the game is tense always as a fan, you know, you're on edge, but I miss those. I miss those tailgates Especially and, and all that. Especially a day fun. like that with the weather we oh, had on perfect. Sunday. Just if it could be like that all year. I would love to just be able to tailgate like one time again. You know, like yeah, just yeah. like just do it once, right? And we'll mic you up for content, right? And just throw be, you out there because the that that is the best time. Like that's that's the feel like the memories that stick out more even than some of the games that i've been to or at the tailgates one of the most fun i had was uh I'm one year when tailgates. i was a blogger they oh, would give me tickets to give away and they gave me um uh tickets to the rematch between the patriots jets so i went to the patriots jets in i think 2015 and then i had tickets at the tailgate and so you know i found like a jets fan who was amongst all the patriots fans and you know gave him the tickets you know they were all surprised out of nowhere but it's just it's you know even with opposing fans it's it, it's fun. You get it. Sure. Everybody loves football. Uh, guess what? Evan right. has returned from practice. Evan has returned from practice. Yeah, Evan has returned from practice. What was the mood? Who wasn't there? What did he see? All right, Evan. Uh, repeat of yesterday. Not not much to, to glean. Stretching only. Same attendance. Uh, no wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, DeMario Douglas, and then obviously Matthew Judon. So uh, those two guys, uh, I think, were a long shot to play on Sunday in concussion protocol anyways, but they have not been out there. Back in shells today? Back in shells, yeah. Okay. Pads only on, on Wednesdays, it seems like. Were they at least wearing pants? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, they, yes. No shorts? Uh, a couple, you know, some shorts. Yeah, oh, it's it's nice out. Okay. It's nice out. <laughs> Yeah, All right. Get ready for that desert heat. In the it dome. is nice out. It's like 68 degrees. Yeah, it was nice so, out there. So that means, you know, coaches were bundled up like it's the Arctic. <laughs> oh, shut up, Siri. Oh, Siri. Uh, what was the stadium like last year when you guys went there? Was it was it uh, 
nice and cool and air conditioned, I assume. Yeah, it was yeah. nice and it's open air press box, which is big fan of that. Yeah. Makes you feel like you're you're really in it. You know, Minnesota too, great atmosphere on Thanksgiving night, open air press box. Like Dallas, it's a big dome. Like why do we need the glass? Like just Paul like, people like Paula, don't people they don't, don't like jump it. out. I don't like I, I don't like the open air press box. Oh, I, I love I, it. I admit, I, I love it because that it makes you feel like you like you understand the atmosphere and like you're you know when you're behind the glass you don't really know. I what know, but sometimes you don't hear the announcements. Oh, yeah. With that pass. <laughs> oh yeah, I it, I just like the noise. I don't know. I don't know why. It just kind of bugs me. Too, too fans loud. having fun. <laughs> Plus, like, <laughs> like it. Noise in, in Minnesota, I remember, like, you know, Fred and I were, were like, y- you can say whatever you want because the crowd's reacting to the play and you right. don't have to worry about, like, uh, you know, you're you're saying something too loud. And uh, both of us, after they ruled Hunter Henry was, was yeah. incomplete uh, pass, were, were quite mad. Ridiculous. Uh, Fred, are we still, like, the loudest press box in the league? Um, it was a time where, without question, we were the loudest. No, I think it's calmed down. Yeah. I think it's it's not as there's loud. A lot of, there's been a lot of groaning. Yeah. Like a lot of the beat writers really have a they hard get time really sad. just like <laughs> keeping their it's emotions funny. internal. They like, get sad. <laughs> is the glass in the pest box soundproof? Do they specifically use glass Arth, to keep yeah, it like quiet? Yeah, like I. Because you can't really hear the crowd. You, you up can't there. really hear it a lot. You no. You feel it. It, it must be pretty thick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there was some of those playoff games in the past, like you could feel the press box shaking. But it's hard to hear, like, kind of the. Just the roar of the crowd consistently. You don't. You just get it a little bit. No, you got to go down to red level for that. That's with the cool folk. When they get the cookies and the cupcakes. Yeah. Right. Funfetti, really. Um, Paul <laughs> from the Colony in New York wants to know: Has Jimmy G ever actually started against the Patriots? If so, yeah. what did yeah. it look like, and what were the results? <laughs> the Niners kicked their yeah. butts. Was that 2020? 2020? Yeah. 2020. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, 2020 and. Uh, I think in that game is like average depth of target was like three yards. Like it was all the remember it was like the screens and the oh, the right. like you know freaking jet sweeps and things. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, somebody wrote an email the other day. I, I can't find it, but they were wondering how much Bill really does miss Ernie Adams and Dante Scarnecchia. Like how much is that really affecting this team? Yeah, that's my dad's thing. My dad was text- texting me that out of the blue. Maybe He's like, you know what I just realized? <laughs> I just realized. Um, and when they asked him about it yesterday, I mean, it's, you know, I think it's it certainly doesn't help. I mean, how many coaches do you know or have coaches that you've played for that just kind of have confidants that, you know, maybe don't have a huge coaching role on the team but are vital to the head coach for, you know, bouncing ideas off of and giving them little bits of insight yeah. and stuff? I, I mean, I think it's it's definitely – I mean, even if it's not – I mean, it's Ernie – it's uh, Ivan Fears. It's Dante Scarnecchia. It's I mean, there's just so many guys, and you know. But at this point, though, you're starting to develop another little bit of a core. I mean, at least on the defensive side of the ball, with with guys like and remember Bobby Dante Tenner. wasn't he also assistant head coach for yeah. a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think Dante is is still more involved than yeah than we know. Okay, that's all. I feel like Ivan. I see. Ivan's always Ivan here. might as well yeah. be taking Ivan's a paycheck. Thirty-three to six. I mean, it's Ivan coming here is like I the guy Ivan that, every that morning, walks I to the like. park every day and yeah. sits on the park bench. <laughs> what game that's, what that's what it's what like. You he can just determine his own yeah. hours now. Yeah, so it's a little different. He just sits on the golf cart and watches and yeah. has lunch. I would, I would like to think that that Ivan is getting paid. You think so? <laughs> I mean, he's here all he's the here time. All the like, time. I hope he's not doing and it for free. And he still dresses in well, his maybe little Maybe this is what too. he likes to do. You know, like yeah. I said, he's the guy that goes to the park and feeds the pigeons every day. Yeah. You know? No. I, I, I'm not holding it against him. I just yeah. hope that he hey, is work on keeps you young. getting some money. Yeah. Should get paid, though. Uh, Anthony says, 
Don't you think possibly the reason that they take long shots on third down and short is because the other team is probably playing the short, short routes and we have no choice but to try to trick teams to get the big plays downfield? Nobody on this team wins uh, the matchup something something one-on-one -on -one when it's first and ten. So let's fool them and go deep on third down and short. You just got to hit them, though. They don't hit them. I mean, they take take those shots, but, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. I'm not, I'm not anti-shot. I just, like, they have to be better at it. Tequila, vodka. <laughs> like I hate shots. Yeah, uh, no, I just think, like, the shots. notion to me that teams are defending the Patriots on third and three at the sticks, but they're not defending – Kansas City at like if it's third and three like you're you're trying to not give up a first down so yes there's obviously like some nuance there but I don't think it's like revolutionary to say well if it's third and three they're probably not going to give you the four yard route like it, that's that's football right like that that's that seems obvious to me okay uh let's see Richard from New York City Big fan of the show. Assuming Kraft fires Belichick or there's a mutual parting of the ways and Gerard Mayo is the next in line to be the head coach, what are your thoughts of him surrounding himself with the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator that are aligned with the way the NFL game operates today with an emphasis on offense and speed? While Mayo is more like the chief executive than running either side of the ball during the game. So in other words, he's the head coach, but he's not the coordinator of either side. He really rests really leans on two experts assuming that there is an entire house cleaning of the belichick staff and era except mayo does this count as a clean slate and break from the belichick era ah it might i mean i i'm just torn because i'm with everybody on the panel that says like you gotta try to find the next offensive whiz kid and, and that would be the ideal situation but i also just feel like i know gerard a little bit now and i feel like it would be really good for us generally content wise and I like him, and, and, you know, I think he would be a good coach, but it's just the – it's hard. You know, like every coach, you, 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 you fire Parcells, you bring in Pete Carroll. You fire Pete Carroll, you bring – you know, you're always kind of going the opposite Players way, coach, you know. Right, disciplinary. Right, right, and it's right. probably also the same with offensive and defensive side of the ball a little bit, you know. Speaking of that, same topic, Gerard writes in, but it's Gerard from Vermont. Not from the practice sure? field? No. Uh, he says, Lincoln Riley, laugh out loud. LOL. The 2024 LOL. staff, not that I want it, but I know it will happen, will be the head coach Mayo, O.C. O'Brien, and defensive coordinator Covington. Guar so if you don't want guaranteed, it, So if you don't says. want it to happen, why would you even bring it up? Laugh out loud but at he, having he one of the gonna, best offensive This is not about trying to predict what's going to happen. That's what he's doing. He's predicting yeah, that, what's well, going to happen. I mean, you anybody could do that and just read newspaper I wonder, articles. Evan, if he was more LOLing at just the thought of them bringing in someone. Well, so uh, <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> yeah, mean to add him on the radio. That's, that's why I brought it <laughs> up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean to add him on the radio, but Alex from PR, uh, USC grad, yeah. fight on. Uh, I, I asked him yesterday. He laughed in my face. He was like, "Have you seen Lincoln Riley's house yeah. Yeah, in LA?" Yeah, that was his yeah. argument. Yeah. He was like, "Do you think <laughs> do you think that that man is moving to from Los Angeles in his like 10 million dollar mansion on the beach to It all depends if he wants to be a coach in the NFL." Well, so the reason it's why I brought answer. up Lincoln Riley is because he he did an interview with the LA Times and uh, he's gotten really close with Sean McVay, uh, you know, being out there in in LA together and he mentioned that the the you know the schedule for a college coach is so much different than the schedule for an NFL coach. And he feels like it's easier to be an NFL coach because you're not recruiting in the off season 
you know, he when you're a college coach, then you fit your season finishes, and then you go on the recruiting trail to try to get the next class in, and you have to do all that whole pomp and circumstance. And he was saying, you know, NFL coaches have a lot more, you know, time off and and downtime in the off season to just kind of chill. And so when I heard that, I was like, that kind of sounds yeah. like a guy that might be looking to go to the NFL. Yeah. You know, we got mansions here. Come on, uh, Russell in Arkansas. Reports are coming out. That Jerry Judy's on the trade block. Would you still trade for him, or would you start fresh in the offseason? I would do the trade. Maybe that would boost Max' confidence and bring some kind of life to the offense. Probably won't happen, but I'll get my hopes up anyway. Like Paul, well, you got to. You have to resign him. Yeah, you have to do. Otherwise, it I'm not down. interested. Yeah. I would definitely. Trade and it has nothing to do with Max' confidence. Like yeah. I'm not. Re- I'm kind of over that. <laughs> not to sound like Tamara. I'm over that. <laughs> I um, just feel like with Jerry Judy. Uh, well, first of all, like. F them picks. Like, I, I just I, I feel like it's so ridiculous how much we value picks, uh, especially like, you know, not first round picks. Right. So if you want to, so, that's what I'm saying. If you want to resign him, I think he's better than a pick. Yeah. And so I take it. Yeah. He's 24. So if you're, you're not giving up a first for him, no one's giving up a first for him. No. So if he comes in this year and the rest of the year still looks the same and Max still is not good and you're moving on, like what difference does it make if Jerry Judy is under contract to catch passes from Drake May or he's under contract to catch passes from Mac Jones? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. So no that difference. No. he's a good player that's much better than anything that you have. And whether it's this quarterback or it's the next quarterback, it's going to benefit that quarterback to have Jerry Judy on the team. Yeah. So I don't understand what we're even talking about. I'm really frustrated by this. Okay. I, I did because people are like, how could they give up picks? What, what, what they need good players. Like, what difference does it make? So, like, you know, Marty Mapu and Jake Andrews. Like, that's that's a better route uh, of holding on to the picks than to trade for a, a receiver that you desperately need. Yeah. It's just like all these draft picks. It's you, everybody thinks that they're going to turn every single draft pick well, to, into a to, point, to Paul's point. If you use the draft picks for a known quantity. That's fine, but you got to sign him long term. Right. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Because this is that's his my last whole thing year, too. right? Yeah. I so, yeah. He's playing out the option now, right? No, no. They picked up his. They picked up the option. Oh, yeah. so, he's, so this is not his last year then. He has another year in his this contract. This is the Brandon Cooks year for him. Okay. So now I'm more interested because now I have a whole year and a half to sign him. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And we have less than half an hour to get through all <sighs> of these picks. So. <laughs> yeah. Paul, what happened last week? It's a tough week. Yeah, tough week for most. Um, <laughs> Alex and Paul, eight and six. Ooh, that's the best. Evan and Fred, five and nine. Oh, Ooh. five and, and nine. And in between was Mike at six and eight. I, I read that, <laughs> I worried. I was I read that incorrectly. Five and nine. Five and I thought nine. I was going to be awful. last. So. That, that that is downright bad. I told you it was a tough week yeah, yeah, for most. Was. With, With the, the spread, spread, Paul, eight five and one, followed by Fred at six seven and one. Mike and Alex at five eight and one, and and Evan not hasn't been a good year for me. Three, not good, Bob. Ten and one. Ooh, Ooh. losing money. Hasn't so, uh, as as most predicted, uh, <laughs> you know, back in September, <laughs> most uh, the the gap is is closed uh, rather quickly. <laughs> Fred, 50 and 28. Paul, 48 and 30. Just two games behind now. Mike and Alex, 47 and 31. Evan, 45 and 33. With the spread, same 
Fred, 43-33-2. Paul, 41-35-2. Again, catching up. Made that nine-game lead away. down to two in a hurry. Uh, let's see. Mike and Alex, 38-38-2. And, two, and Evan's the only one below water, 36-40-2. All right. I think it's going to be another it up. tough week. I'm, gonna, I'm really going <coughs> to lock in today. Yeah, all right. You're – Deuce is locking in, ready to go. Lock He's got his in. notes. Got my notes. I, yep. I have not looked at a single game on this slate. Neither have I. It's, a, it's, <laughs> a, um, it's always, the first time I'm looking at yeah. DraftKings. Full, full disclosure, yet. Paul has never looked at a game before the Thursday uh, at, yeah. at 2 this, o'clock. This is, that's how you that. do it. I don't. All right, tonight. I usually do right I, before. I, I randomly know crap that's useless. 8.15 on Prime Video. The 1-4 Broncos are at the 4-1 Chiefs. The Chiefs by 11. 11. Oh, the Taylor Swift game, and uh, it seems like Kelsey's okay. His ankle's okay. He came back in the Play. game last week. And yeah. damn it, the game is in Kansas City, believe it or not. Well, it's not good. Uh, I got to go Kansas City on this one, and yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay those points. Their Denver's defense is wretched. Retweet. Boop, Chiefs boop. both ways. I'm, I'll do the same, but I, I don't feel great about it. 11. Yeah, the I don't d- like division think game. It's too big a number. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't like laying that much in a Thursday night game, but I'm going to because of what Mike said. I think Denver's defense is really bad. Yeah. What did you think about? I'm, I'm the same way. What did you think about Salah at the end of the game saying "Stay humble" to Peyton? And so, did Peyton in the moment understand what he was saying? Some people say that he was saying "Stay healthy." Oh. So there's some conflict on whether and what exactly oh. you know the lip oh, that's, readers. That's the okay. perfect like post game coach nothing thing. Stay healthy. But that, I was going to say that's a very common <laughs> yeah. thing. You know, stay healthy, yeah. Ben. Yeah. yeah. So that makes more sense, right? Because if you said stay humble, that's because you've just been humbled. Yeah, that's a shot. You know, like no more Nathaniel Hackett oh, comments. Nate please. Hackett. Yeah. Nate Dog. That makes more sense if he says stay healthy. Uh, all right. Sunday morning, nine thirty a.m. Eastern Time. The three and two Ravens are at the two and three Titans in London, and uh, I guess the Ravens stayed the whole week, or are staying the whole week out in London. They didn't just go like today or tomorrow. They they've been there, like Jacksonville. Yeah, Ravens by four and a half. Four and a half. Uh, yeah, I hate to t- I hate to turn my back on Tennessee, but they've been killing me lately, and I'm going to go with Baltimore. I'll lay the points. Me too. I like Baltimore. I like them to cover as well. Yeah, I'm a little tired of losing with Mike Vrabel, but I'm going to take Baltimore, and I will take the points. I will take Tennessee to cover. I'm with Paul. Field goal. Uh, I think the Titans will make it a close game uh, and have a good showing in the U.K., but Ravens win. All right, 1 o'clock. The 2-3 and three Commanders are at the 3-2 and two Falcons. Falcons by 2.5. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a tough one here, um, but I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Commanders here, and uh, yeah, I'll take those points on the road. Me too. I'll also pick that upset. I don't know. Commanders have been good to me this year. Well, if you pick the Commanders, you're not taking the points, right? No, no, no. But yeah, he is. No, but it's understood. They're underdogs, right? So you don't need to take t- points. If they win, you win. You took them out right. Yeah. Right, you took them out right. Yeah. I was just, you know. Yeah. I, I, I got talking. it. It was very clear when you said <laughs> it. I get it. I got to take some chances, take some take oh. some risks to get back wow. in this thing. Week so I, six. I'm going to take the Falcons because these two are, oh. are taking. 
everybody okay. else. All right. You should be mooching off what Mike and I are doing. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'll the take Falcons. the Falcons just because I think they're better um, at home. <sighs> this is a tough one. I'm tempted to take the Commanders in an upset, but uh, the Falcons, I was wrong on them last week, so I'm not going to. I'm going to say that they are a better team than I think they are, and they're going to win the game in cover. All right, one o'clock. One and four Vikings are at the one and four Bears. Minnesota, Minnesota by two and a half. Yeah. Ooh. No Justin Jefferson. Yeah, no Jefferson. Um, that makes me. That makes me really wonder. Man, I'm going to take Chicago. I'm going to take Chicago at home. Have the Bears won a game yet? Yeah. Yes. yeah. They beat the Commanders. Oh, they yeah, broke, right. what, a 14-game losing streak or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they hadn't won since they won mm. here. Home dogs, too. Why not? Eh, no, I, never mind. Vikings. Really? Yeah. Okay. What? I don't know. I was about to. <laughs> dare you. <laughs> I had a second guess, Power so I'm going to go with the second guess. I'm going with the Bears. I I, I wonder, Minnesota, similar to the Patriots, like, are they letting go of the rope mm. there in mini? Uh, no, Justin Jefferson, one and four. I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, I can't do it. I'll take the Vikings. The Bears. I'm taking the Bears. Uh, one o'clock, three and one Seahawks are at the two and three Bengals. Cincinnati by three. Ooh, I'm surprised at that. Why? All right. Because I am. Jamar Chase. But, like, which way? Oh. I, mean, I'm I'm, I didn't think you it think would be. be a bigger spread or a smaller spread? I, th- I thought it'd be, like, a one point either way, but three? So you thought it'd be a smaller spread. Yeah. Okay. Interesting game. I mean, I think Seattle's been stacking some good DBs in their backfield to deal with uh, with Cincinnati's passing attack, but I'm going to take Cincinnati at home as uh, they continue to, to get hot uh, after their horrific start. I will lay the points. Cincinnati. And the points. You just like Joe Burrow. <laughs> You're right. I do. Oh, you mean her? Okay. <laughs> uh, I do. He's too young for me. It's okay. Uh, I like Cincinnati uh, both ways. Like I'm the cover in this game. Uh, 10 o'clock body clock game for the Seahawks. Uh, 10 a.m. Early morning I'd for them. I'd probably do well at yeah, those. That's tough. I could play in the morning. Mm. Ready to go. <laughs> I think I'd be good. That's My body clock's exercise. ready I was to go. the total opposite. If it was like a three in the afternoon game, you and or I. Or an 820. Oh. An 820, I'm like, coach, like I got to sleep. Like, <laughs> b- before school practices, I was yakking. Oh. 6 a.m. Yeah, I uh, I will take the Bengals as well. I think they um, finally showed some signs of snapping out of it. As always, F the Bengals. <laughs> Seahawks both ways. Which is also the biggest reason why Paul is catching up to <laughs> Uh, Sunday at 1, the 5-0 49ers are at the 2-2 two and two Browns. Noiners by 7. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's got to move. Um, that means 10. Right. Uh, I'm going to take San Francisco. Just really impressed with them as a team on both sides of the ball. And uh, and I'm going to lay the points, too. Is it, what is, who is it? Uh, Does anybody know if Watson is playing? I don't think so. Mm-mm. No, it doesn't sound like it. So I'll take San Fran. We'll lay the My points. own 5 fantasy team. Continuing to take hits. Yikes. San Francisco. San Francisco minus seven. 49ers win. 49ers cover. That team is a wagon. Could they go 17-0? It's possible. Like, who's going to beat them? Who do they have left to play? They need injuries. Philadelphia (laughs) is on their schedule. Oh, okay. That could be a tough game. Patriot. But, yeah, I mean, there's 12 games left. There's a lot of injuries. I'll take the Niners both ways. Christian McCaffrey is not. Yeah, I'm going to take take the Niners as well. (laughs) Brock Purdy. Niners as well. What's Debo Samuel's contract situation? I don't know. We could probably kidnap him if 
want. Not <laughs> that's why you're asking. He's not going anywhere. Sunday he'll, he'll at get one. him in two years when he's done. How <laughs> many of us would it take to abduct him? Sunday at one, Sunday. the three and two Saints are at the two and three Texans. New Orleans by one. Once by one. Uh, nice win last week for New Orleans. They're back on the road again, though. Not that very far of a trip. Um, I'm going to take – I'm going to gotta go with New Orleans. I thought they looked pretty good last week, and especially on defense. So I'll take New Orleans and uh, lay the point. Wow. A lot of dead air there. Yeah. That's yeah. a killer on the radio. I'll go, for, I'll go with New Orleans just to move it on to Evan. That's like a coin flip. I get, I, 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 I'll go with the Saints. I saw enough last week for them I, I don't know I like what the Texans are building down there though they're scrappy yeah it is a coin flip game I'm just going to go with the home team for that reason only uh, I'll take Houston home dogs usually when a team beats the Patriots you say you know they just won their Super Bowl so they're going to have a letdown um, now you say they just up in class this now week, they so. say they won their preseason game um, wow. So they're learning. Uh, that's why I think the I, Saints I, are going to win. I'm just snarky. Who Fred's are mean. The Saints had a big night at Club Dub yeah. in our visitor's <laughs> locker room. That was pretty cool. Did I you see the video? I can't lie. After the game, I was like walking by to get to our post-game pressers, and I could hear what was going on in there. And I was like, I am going to linger because this sounds fun, and I want to hear dumb. what comes out of it. They have like the they lights. They had a disco yeah. ball. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. a disco ball in there. It yeah. seemed fun. It seemed fun. Uh, Someone should have made me aware of this. That's pretty wild. Who would have gone in there? did you say? It's on the social media uh i'm taking the, the saints Saints. uh one o'clock the three and two colts anthony richardson is out um ir and against the three and two jaguars jacksonville by foe four Oof. this is a tough this jacksonville back on game back on state soil um i'm gonna go with trevor lawrence against the banged up colts. they're stateside stateside yeah great marine points. Did Jaguars right? to win, Jaguars to cover. He did, but he kind of rolled his eyes. At <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Stolen valor. Uh, I'm gonna take Jaguars, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna take the no. You know, I'm, I'm gonna take the Colts. Three point game. Ooh. Jaguars win, but Colts cover. Uh, yes, I would agree with Evan. I'm gonna do the same. Um, I don't think they lose much with quarterback with Minshew, um, so I think he'll keep it close. But Jacksonville wins. Yes, I'm going to split the baby as well. Jaguars win, but they do not cover. Uh, Sunday at 1, the 0-5 Panthers. We need them to get a win against the 4-1 Dolphins. Miami by 13 and a half. Yeesh. Wow. <sighs> you know, I'm, de- I'm developing a theory, a little bit about Miami, that that it, they, they got to get home field advantage. I think they're just really hard to beat at home, but I just wonder on the road, elements, winter, like maybe that'll slow them down a little bit, but this is a home game for them. I'm going to take Miami, and I'm going to lay all them points. I'll take the Dolphins. I'm going to give them the points too. I'm going to take the Dolphins. I am tempted to say the Panthers can cover that spread, though. But when you really think about it. Yeah. When you really think about it. <laughs> Be honest. All right. Yeah, Dolphins both ways. Yeah, I'm taking Miami both ways, too. I just think it's tough for, you know, a young quarterback to keep up in a situation like that. Chasing. Yeah. I'm going to go Dolphins both ways. I, th- I, You know, talk about tanking. I think the Panthers might be like, okay, let's just. Let's get another one. Let's just go let's for get it. get another one. Let's just go for it. Get a get that receiver. First, and that yeah. first pick. Let's build Evan. this team. Yes. You want to fill them in? On what? Say that again, Fred. They, I think they're going to tank. Panthers. For what? 
for the first pick. They don't have their own pick. Oh, they don't have their own? No. They don't have a first-round pick? I don't remember, no. when, he, don't remember oh. when he did this to me yesterday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who knew this was going to be your best piece I, of information? I was, like, I, I was like already I looking at the next game. I, I was totally looking forgot. at the next game. and no. uh, It's sad, but so do you know how much have, I know the draft order pick, right now? But they don't have a pick in the first round? No. Oh. No. no. I would also say they have no reason to tank. They just took the number one pick in the draft. No, but they have. But now they want to build around him, you know. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to do that whether they tank or not. They, you know, if they had a first round, right? Pick. But they don't. So, but now, I'm saying now like, it's all screwed up. They're not taking a quarterback, anyways. So point. Right I didn't now, think they would, but I think you know you go for Marvin Harrison Jr. So since right, since and you'll be able to get that. Since some of our audience uh, cares, if about, you had a pick, you don't right, have to tank. They for don't it. have that. My point is, you don't have to tank for that. Stay. Right. Let so, them go. So Let then, them go. so then they're not tanking. <laughs> So, but they're still not going to cover. They're just bad. They're still not going to cover. Some of our audience cares about this. All right. So here's the draft order as of right now. Chicago, Chicago, because they have Carolina's pick. So Chicago, Chicago, Denver, Minnesota. And you And then the Patriots Patriots. at five. Right now. Right now. As it stands. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Now we move. We're, We're Moving over the 405 game, there's only one 405 game, and that is our Patriots. So we're going to skip that. We're going to go to 425. Wait, Detroit, Tampa? That's a 425. Oh, sorry, I'm on it. Yeah, so we're going to go to 425, where the 4-1 and Lions are at the 3-1 and Buccaneers. I'm going to defend Mike. I'm not positive, but I believe this was the first game that was flexed, because that Detroit-Tampa game was moved from 1 to 425. Two weeks ago, I, just okay. I think I'm okay. I didn't. I didn't take it too hard. I'm okay. Could be, <laughs> but according to NFL.com, this is a 4:25 yeah. yes. game. Yeah. The four and one Lions are at the three and one Buccaneers. Detroit by three. Do, 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 do. That's really six. Detroit is hot, hot, hot. Even though it's not, you figured it out. Yeah, I think Tampa Bay is is still uh, has a pretty good defense. I think they'll be a pretty good test for Detroit. But I got to take the road road faves. I'm taking the Lions. I like the Lions a lot. You like their offensive coordinator a lot? Yeah, he yells at kids. <laughs> Is that what at, he did? At, at school plays. Just asking for no reason whatsoever. Watch my kid. I need to do more research before I come to that conclusion because okay. that could either be funny to me or mean. But <laughs> I think I'm going to pick the Bucks to cover in taking the Lions. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Lions to win and the Bucks cover at home. Um, with Alex, I think that the uh, Lions win, but it's a three-point game. The Bucks cover, and maybe the future head coach of the Patriots on the offensive coordinator there for the Lions. I will take Detroit, and I will lay the points. I think this is a uh, reality check for the Bucks. Nah, like yeah, that. usually I like to see Mayfield bake, but <laughs> I'm going to have the uh, Lions covering in this game. I think they got something going here. Um, 425, the 1 and 4 Cardinals are at the 2 and 3 Rams. Rams by 7. 7. All right, I'm going to take the Rams to win, but I'm going to take the points for uh, Arizona. I think it'll be, they've been playing tough and divisional game. Take those seven points. The Rams own the Cardinals, correct? Oh, no. I believe that's You didn't tell me that before I made the pick. You picked the Rams. Oh, right. Okay, good. Then leave it. I'm going to pick the Rams and pick the Rams take the points i haven't seen much of either of these teams though so this is just i'm going to do the same i think the rams are just a lot better than the cardinals 
Yeah, I do too. I, I will take the Rams to win, but I, I just have been impressed with how hard Arizona's played. So somehow maybe a backdoor cover. So I'll take the Rams, but I'll I'll take the points as well. I could see that, but I think the Cardinals are tired now. They've been playing really hard. So I'm going to take the Rams both ways. Okie dokie. 425, the 5-0 Eagles are at the 2-3 and three Jets. Uh, Eagles by 7. <laughs> at, at New York. It's really tough. New Jersey. So DraftKings right now has minus 6.5, so not much of a difference. But oh. uh, I'm going to take Philadelphia to win, and uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay those points. I do respect the Jets' defense, but I think Philadelphia is going to slowly start to pick up steam here. Philly, Philly. I'm going Philly, Philly, too. Statistically right now, the, the Jets' defense, not – not doing so high. I don't know if that's because they're pulling their you know, all the weight by themselves, but smelling uh, themselves. No, like no they're ups- they're upset about the way they've played. I am going to take Philadelphia to win the game, but I will take the points at home. The Jets, I think, uh, came back from Denver feeling pretty good about themselves. I'd be surprised if they laid a stinker. Yep, Philly Jets for me. Jets cover uh, eight twenty on NBC. Uh, the one and four Giants are at the three and two Bills. Bills by fourteen. Oh boy! Oh, my goodness! Oh, wow! Yeah, so that's um, I'm going to take Buffalo to win. There is a uh, Brian Dable returns home with Daniel Jones. I'm going to I'm, you know what? I'm going to take those one. points. Too many points. I feel like maybe Brian Dable knows a little bit, maybe a little something. At least keep it within ten. I'm going to take take the points. I'm going to take Buffalo both ways. I'm going to take Buffalo, but I'm with Mike. I think Dable might know a little thing or two about Josh Allen, so I take the Giants to cover that 14 yeah. and a half points. I like I like the theory. I'm not going to take it, but I do like that theory about Dable. But you're wrong. <laughs> no, uh, this is more because I think Buffalo has sort of established itself as they they slip up, they come back with a vengeance, they blow a team out, and that's how they win because they don't generally win if it's close. So I'm going to take Buffalo to bounce back and – and win big. Yeah, I think the I think the wise guys sharps know something here. So uh, Bills cover this game. They know something. Something's up here. Uh, <laughs> smell it. You can smell it. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you look at me. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> right? I, I, I just want to see if you're going to say something. <laughs> just no one really knows what you're talking about half the time. The sharps know. If you're a sharp, you know. Parlance. He knows you the know. parlance. Joe I Murray, think you're trying to insinuate that that's an odd spread for you. No, it's it's it's, it's like a one big of, spread. One of the three worst teams in the league against one of the three best teams in the league, and it's a 14 point spread. It's a big spread. <laughs> Biggest spread of the week, right? Um, yeah, like in Vegas, yes. they usually have a big spread in the press box. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about that spreads. Spread. Yeah, they have a good good spread. Good spread. Uh, eight eight fifteen State. Monday night on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and NFL Plus probably. Uh, the three and two Cowboys are at the two and two Chargers. The Cowboys by two. Chargers coming off a bye. And what what will feel like an incredible home game for Dallas, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, and Dallas got shellacked last week. Um, how do they rebound? Second straight game, California. Ah, this is a tough one. I'm gonna I'm gonna go mm, I'm gonna go with the lack. I'm gonna roll the dice with the lack. See if they can hold serve at home and, and uh, keep Dallas down. I'm going to look for Dallas to bounce back. I'm going to take Dallas. 
with the points. Did Dallas go home after this game or the San Francisco game, or do they pull a Bill Belichick and I don't know. stay out? Maybe there? they stayed in Santa Barbara. Don't have that. I feel like that's not that don't long have that of a info flight for them. Halfway. I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. Not that. Not as far as here. Uh, I'm gonna go Dallas though. Um, well, they have a facility. They train in uh, Oxnard. Yeah, right. So it's almost like convenient, but sorry. I, I can't. I just can't trust the Chargers. I, I just can't trust that coach. I'm going Dallas. <laughs> You're so right. I'm going to take the lack. I know what's going <laughs> to happen. I know that they're going to be in complete control of the game at some point, and I know he's going to do something stupid late in the fourth quarter. He's going to go for it on fourth down and give Dallas a chance. And it's just a matter of whether or not Dallas takes advantage of the lo- the last opportunity that they were gifted. But I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm just going to go with what I want to happen here. It's the Chargers. I want the Chargers to win. But Fair I, enough. How sad Speaking is it that he existence. can do that and, and like, have better records? <laughs> like, he can just be like, F the Bengals, I'm taking the Seahawks. And then he, like, As you guys know, I tend familiar. to look at things from a negative perspective at times. It's sad to me that he's no longer thinking about the Patriots. He's saying what I want to happen <laughs> is right. the AFC team right. to beat the That's NFC true. team. It's a good point, it's Paul. It's sad. Point. It's really sad. It's reality, though. That should be a team that you're saying ostensibly. Right. Yeah. I want the NFC. I've got to root for a wild it's, card it's, battle. It's, it's <laughs> the Cowboys, though. I do. I love it when they lose. Um, the we go back now. Oh, here we go to 405, and the one and four Patriots visiting the two and three Raiders. Raiders oh. by three. Raiders by three. Ah. Uh, these teams are very, very similar to me, um, and I, I, I'm going to just go with the team with the better couple of players at least. Um, you know, it's enough for me after Adams and Crosby. Those two guys just tip the scales. So I'm going to I'm going to take Vegas, and I, I'm going to lay the points. I want to be a company gal, <laughs> <laughs> but Raiders 27. 17. Wow. 17. Nice. So I also want to be a company man. Be a company gal. Company pal. But I think ultimately the Raiders have the weapons on offense that the Patriots don't. That's it. And I can't get over that. That Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Jacoby and they just have too much. uh, I think for the Patriots, I'm taking the Raiders 20 to 14. I, both offenses have not really scored a whole lot of points, but I think that they make one or two more it's plays. A good score. It's a good score. One or two more plays than you because of the talent. Yeah, I, I look at it very similar to everybody else. 19-13 Raiders, just a little bit more offense uh, for them, but I, I think it will be a lot of field goals because I don't see the either team being able to just sort of maintain their drives uh, all the way through. So I think you'll see a lot of field goals. I like Daniel Carlson to bounce back after missing two last week. We started the show off trying to find glimmers of hope. Like, if there's hope, where would it be? Didn't find any. <laughs> you know, we talked about it. We tried to manufacture it. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Nothing we know. talked about, like, really moved the needle for me. I'm sorry. Um, it's the Raiders, 24 to 18 and a half. Interesting. Yeah. Somehow... There's a half point. It's a weird game. (laughs) If there's an offense that could generate a half a point, it's you and New England Patriots. So somehow somehow the Patriots become the first. There's a lot of historical things that they're doing this year, like losing 80 to nothing. We haven't seen a half point, I don't think, in history. So we've never seen a half a point game. I think we're going to see it this week. Watch them win just because we all picked the Raiders. Weird little rule that no one knew about. Maybe that's what it took. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
In other words, Raiders win. Sorry. That's what it has to Sorry. be. Sorry. Just remember, it's better to have been a dynasty and fallen than never to have been a dynasty <laughs> at all. You could put that up on the wall maybe. That would, that would help people. All right. Uh, coming up is Catch-22 with Evan and Alex. They're going to dissect and analyze a lot more of this game coming up, and they'll probably get into college stuff and all that, you know, much to Alec, uh, Evan's chagrin, but uh, it's Alex. So, all right, um, <laughs> pregame show, what time? Where are we going, 145? 145, game, postgame show after that. We'll see you next Tuesday. Not good. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast.